on to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Don't shake hands. Brothers gotta fun. Welcome to the coast. We we'll get together, have a few laughs. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, I this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! There you go. Steaming Willie Beeman. Yeah, what is going on, everybody? THT Movie Review. You got me, Boxman. We've got Anthony. And we even have Weebs joining us tonight, too, for this movie. Man, what a fucking movie we have. Any given Sunday. Ironically enough, being reviewed, at least on my time, on a Sunday. On a, you, you, uh, not yet a Sunday here, but uh, that's right. And Anthony, we have uh, switched. We are going to be on Saturday nights now, not Fridays. Um, fuck, I'm too goddamn tired on Fridays. I'm old, I'm tired, and I just can't fucking do it. <laughs> I just can't fucking do it. So, my fault, blame it on me. It was my decision. <laughs> We're going to have more scheduled changes than I married with children in the last season. <laughs> <laughs> we have, have we? No, we, we no, no, no. I'm nah, we, 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 We're no. not that bad yet. So far, we're only at one. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Me and Shaheen had one, and everybody had has one now and then. Yeah. We uh, it, probably a podcast every night of the week. If I stop and really think about it. Ugh. <laughs> Fucking tired. Goddamn. Fucking tiring. If this chair was more comfortable, I'd be able to do more podcasting. I need to get a better chair. This chair's old and beat the fuck up. But uh, anyway, um, this movie is uh, going to be our second Oliver Stone movie in two weeks. Ah, yes, you're right. Mm -hmm. Wall Street episode. That's right. Two people from this movie were in Wall Street. James Karen was in Wall Street and uh, John C. McGinley was in Wall Street also, who was uh, Bud Fox's friend um, in that movie. So, you know, he threw a few people from Wall Street in this movie, too. So, so are, uh, we gonna, are we, we going to get to the semi-main event of the evening? Which the, is? Uh, the NYPD blue tie-ins. You know what's funny? Of them. Weebs has them. Ah. Do, do you remember who they are, Weebs? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. It's actually getting hard. Uh, hmm. Yeah, because I'll tell you the truth. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. <laughs> to be dead honest with you. Um, I know there's a tie-in, but it's like... Uh, when there's a bunch of cop movies too, if you want to add in with you know everything else. Oh yeah, I mean we've got uh, I mean we've got Al Pacino in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, Cameron Diaz, Dennis Quaid, James Woods, Jamie Fox, LL Cool J, Matthew Modine, Jim Brown, Lawrence Taylor, Bill Bellamy, Andrew Bryanarski. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and Margaret. And Margaret, you know, did movies with Elvis back in the days. I mean, that's how, you know, old she is. Uh, Leila Rajon. Do what? She's quite the, I looked up some uh, old photos of her. She actually was quite the look in her prime years. Oh, her prime years when, was when she was doing movies with Elvis. There was obviously rumors about those two. Uh, she did two movies, I believe, with Elvis. Maybe more, but uh, I think it was only two. Uh, Leather is shown who we talked about in um, gang related, uh, gang related, the uh, Jim Belushi Tupac movie, Stripper. Uh, mm-hmm. Lauren Holly's in this movie. Aaron Eckhart, Elizabeth Berkeley, uh, who, you know, good, you know, hats off to that girl. Never minds getting naked. Yeah. Showgirls. Never <laughs> mind. Is still the best thing she ever did. I, I try to block her. Showgirls make me hate titties for a little while. That movie was that bad. <laughs> no. Made me hate tits for a little while. That, the, I mean, we should review that one week just for the uh, absurdity of it. That movie was... That was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It was bad, I but, I mean, I don't think any movie's ever made me hate tits. I mean, it would take, like, a like a really crazy movie to make me hate tits. Even for a day. I mean, Grant, it was only for, like, a half hour, but still. That movie was bad. <laughs> All right. All right, all right. Uh, mentioned that Charlton Heston even makes a uh, a cameo in this movie, which I'll sort of tie him in a little bit later in the movie uh, about why he's in this. Um, Dwayne Martin, Clifton Davis, uh, Terrell Owens makes a little cameo in this movie. Um, movie has it all, including controversy, which we'll get to later. It does. Now, Anthony, did you know... Boogeyman, Marty Wright, was in this movie. I saw you uh, writing about that in the uh, chat. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
he was actually in this movie as Beast Man. Uh, this actually, when I, I did not find this out till tonight, but I now I want to go back and watch this movie. Yeah, same. Like when you say it, I'm like, wow. Because yeah. you know, you know, normally you find you don't really pay attention to like the side characters, and obviously he had like a super bit part. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm gonna go back myself and watch it because I honestly do not recall him in it. Yeah, I I really don't either. But obviously, he is he is. Um, and they used a ton of the arena football guys in this movie. Um, the I guess we can start immediately with the NFL gave them zero cooperation for this movie. <laughs> like, can't even use the logos cooperation. Zero, zero negative um, cooperation for this movie. Which is why we got the hokey ass names for the uh, football teams in this movie. Uh, I, I, they were pretty more hokey. Some of them were very fucking bad, but I also didn't really bitch because I mean it was a fucking movie. I mean it's not like, I mean, the guy basically created a movie version of the XFL. <laughs> Seriously, think about this. That's basically what he did. He 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 made a quick XFL. And was able to break it up without without losing a penny. How's that? Sound? He made money off doing. Yeah, I mean, the XFL basically they they were cutting edge with that uh you know camera work, and the NFL basically you know took their camera work too, borrowed it from them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't. Uh, Billionaire Ted's asking if they filmed at Texas Stadium. You know what? I've got the locations right here. Give me a second, and I'll find those. Cast and crew. Yeah, Miami, Florida, Texas, I, I know, the Orange Bowl. I definitely know they're at the Orange Bowl. I was actually still in Florida and, and when the uh, movie came out. Uh, yeah, they did film in Dallas and Irving. So, yeah, that was definitely Texas Stadium. Yep, it was. Uh, they were also in Joe Robbie, which I think is now called Pro Player Stadium. Um I've actually stood in the middle of that stadium when it's completely empty. But, uh, you know, that's something. You know, Coconut Grove, Florida, they filmed in. But a lot of it was in Florida. Um, wow, Harbor Beach, Fort Lauderdale. They filmed a lot of this in Florida. They actually used schools to fill in stadiums in this movie. That I do know. They used a couple of schools in Miami to do that. Um, and the rest of the uh, people in the audience were cardboard cutouts with with uh, balloons attached to them. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, 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 cut corners where you can. Hey, you got to fill stadiums. You can't. Uh, you can't. I mean, you know, Ace Ventura did the same thing in Miami. They basically had a casting call: come have lunch and be in the movie. You know, that's... And that while we're at it, before we get too far along, mm-hmm. shout out to Florida. Just, you know, stay safe and stay strong, everybody. Yeah, I've been uh, trying to keep up with a lot of my friends. They're, they still had power as of an hour and a half ago, which uh pretty good, but um, they were expecting to lose it any moment. So we'll see, man. We will see. And actually, uh, Randy Quaid's house, I mean, you uh, know, Dennis Quaid's house in the movie was actually Dan Marino's house. Yes, it was. That was actually Dan Marino's fucking house in the movie. There uh, you go, Ace Ventura tie-in right there, Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking Dan Marino. Dan the Man Marino. 
fucking legend. There you go. Um, well, shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, we kind of went through. I mean, talk about a star-studded cast. Ensemble cast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the year 1999, this movie had this movie had everyone who was popular in the 90s in it. Everyone, Pacino, Diaz, Cameron Diaz, James Woods, pretty much anything James Woods is in, I'm watching. I, I, he's awesome. I mean, we don't even have to go through his fucking pedigree. It's it speaks for itself. Jamie Foxx, but I mean. You know, Matthew Modine, who's, you know, not in a ton of movies, but, you know, great in this one. Lawrence Taylor. You know, Lawrence fucking Taylor. Do I need to say any more? Uh, he partied great on the field and off the field. Yeah, on and off the fucking field, man. <laughs> I want to point out the irony of uh, Lawrence Taylor more than a few times in this movie being the voice of reason, given his real life... Uh, <laughs> I just, I just laughed. I was watching it early, and I cracked up. You know, Lawrence Taylor giving somebody mora- morality advice just kind of laughed, had me cracking my ass up. He was the um, the gri- he was like the conscience of the movie. He, he was the grizzled veteran, if you will. Shark Levay. Yeah. Shark Levay, the grizzled veteran. Um, if this were WWE, he would have he would have been the guy to kick Jamie Foxx off the bus. yes he would have uh and you know we mentioned john c mcginley um he actually played a character called jack rose in this movie a um a reporter who was not very well liked by a lot of people but the character was actually loosely based on radio talk show host jim rome who was actually attacked by a by quarterback jim everett and uh, so, you know, it was sort of a homage to him, I guess. Um, now, really quick, Chris Tucker turned down the role of Willie Beeman. Thank God. Oh, Lord, that would have been a disaster. And I, and I, don't, I love Chris Tucker in the 90s, early 2000s, but he, you know, he wasn't the right guy for the role. Mm, not at all. Not at all. For this movie, um, definitely J- Jamie Fox really played this very good. Now Jamie Fox did actually play football in high school, so you know this wasn't really a big stretch for him to do this movie. But you know, it was definitely uh, definitely a star-studded cast uh, again with Oliver Stone, um, you know, directing this movie. Uh, this was the first time that this was the first movie that him and Pacino actually worked on together. Now, he did write the screenplay for Godfather, but that was it. Um, This was the first time he had ever been able to direct Pacino. And Pacino really loved this role because it was was, um, different from the gangsters or cops that he always played. You know, it was a kind kind of a meaningful part for him to play. Yeah, something he could really kind of sink his teeth into. Yeah. You could do, like, a few times in the movie, I kind of got lost in his uh, performance, and I really felt like I was watching a coach, like a, gr- a grizzled coach that's trying to hang on to his glory years. Oh, well, I, I even told Weebs off air, one thing we will be playing is the uh, his speech to Willie Beeman. The entire... Legendary. The entire speech will be played. Um, 
there's going to be a good amount of clips played during this movie. But um, I guess we should go ahead and, while I'm echoing, we'll get into this movie. Oh, no more echo. That was Anthony. Um, we'll get into this movie. This movie starts out with a Vince Lombardi quote. Um, you will hear Vince Lombardi's name come up in this movie a few times, definitely. Uh, the quote, I will read it. This may not be the uh, most meaningful reading, but I'm going to read it anyway. It is, I firmly believe that any man's finest hour, his greatest fulfillment to all he holds dear, give me a sec here, is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted on the field of battle, and it's victorious. So Vince Lombardi said that that's where this movie starts out. And this basically this lays out the whole movie because as much of a football movie, this is, it's really a movie about, um, modern day gladiators. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and they do bring that up, um, at the meeting with, uh, Willie Beeman and, uh, the coach, uh, Al Pacino, um, in this movie, they, they, they do bring that up. And the word gladiators is brought up a lot in this movie. James Wood says it in his speech where he's, uh, where he's getting fired, um, you know, brings up that they're, you know, these guys are gladiators and everything. So that's really what this movie is about. It's also sort of a in-depth look behind the scenes. Cause they do show a lot of football in this movie, but they also show a lot more of the locker room and the um, just behind the scenes. Uh, they show what's going on with the you know the owners, obviously Cameron Diaz being the owner of the team. Um, so, and they also look. I don't know if you guys also kind of low key focus on like the somehow somehow like the owners and the. Uh, Behind the scenes, people can be kind of heartless when it comes to guys coming back too soon. Yeah, coming back too soon. Um, also, it shows that they, I mean, they, they they bring back guys too soon in order, and they, you know, they sort of lie to these guys, which is yeah, uh, those stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm not sure if this stuff really goes on in football. I'm not a real big football fan, but wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, but basically, this movie starts out with the famous quarterback, Cap Rooney, played by Dennis Quaid, uh, being hurt during a game. Uh, hurt bad. He hurts his back really bad. And that's basically um, another... I guess that would be one of the main plots. There's a few main plots in this movie. Um and I do want to bring up that Oliver Stone plays a pretty big part in this movie where he usually doesn't in most of his movies. Uh, usually he's a voice on a phone or something really quick in most of his movies. In this movie, he's one of the uh, the commentators, the football announcers. And that's a pretty big role in this movie for the director. Um Clint Eastwood, I believe, wanted was actually up for a role in this movie too, but he wanted to direct it. 
So mm-hmm. that was, uh, I believe he was up for the part of um, the coach, Al Pacino's part in this movie. Wow. That would have been a little bit interesting dynamic. Yeah. I mean, you know, t- t- Tony D'Amato, by the way, the coach's name. So it it could have worked, but I really think, I mean, like you said, there were times you got lost in Pacino's perform, you know, uh, performance in this movie. And you really did. You're like, holy shit, man. He's really taking on that fucking coach role, you know? Yeah. Well, let me ask you something real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, hypothetically, if Eastwood had got the rights to direct the movie, uh-huh. you think they would have been able to possibly get uh, the NFL's cooperation? Because part of me thinks that the reason they didn't want to give the rights to Stone is because of his rep for uh, basically going a little in-depth and kind of like being like a, it's a good way of putting it going into business for itself in some of his movies where he kind of like puts it out there like JFK like it's a lot of conspiracy theories in his movies he sort of tries to turn his movies into documentaries if you you know yeah. what I mean like uh like this is how it really goes on behind the scenes and NFL they're a bunch of ass that's that's basically kind of like the vibe you got from the movie I don't know maybe and yeah that might that might be one of the reasons they didn't want him uh, give him any cooperation because uh he did go in depth, and he did, you know, make him look really shitty with that whole uh, when Cameron Diaz is talking about Shark and letting him go and bringing him back and you know switching things, which we'll 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 get into all this, you know, as we go through and play some clips in the movie. But uh, maybe, but I I, I got to be honest, I doubt it because I mean this movie, I don't know, this movie just. One of the greatest things about this movie, in my opinion, was the the Oliver Stone filming to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, this film has over like th- is it three thousand cuts to it? Wow! Give me a second here. It's even the director's cut, so yeah, yeah. It's actually, For... it's actually a long. This movie's like two hours and thirty-seven minutes, the standard version. It's it is actually director's cut. <laughs> I th- that's actually what I have is the director's cut. So. But um, from an yeah, from an editing point of view, there are over three thousand cuts in this film. But the cuts were filled with like, you know, like I said, the gladiators. You know, you, they're filled with like scenes from Ben Hur, which is one mm-hmm. of the main movies that's brought up. You know, in this, uh, and that's where Charlton Heston's role comes in. In the end of the movie, he did agree to let him use all the stuff from the movie. But he wanted a quick cameo. Nah, who cares? Guy that age fucking deserves... Charles fucking Charlton Heston deserves some fucking leverage. You know what I mean? But, I mean, to show you how powerful the NFL was, they basically made ESPN cancel the show called ESPN Playmakers because it went too in-depth about gay, the drugs use, you know what I'm saying, aging players. Mm-hmm. So they did have some stroke, you know what I'm saying? The NFL, they're a billion-dollar you know, industry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you... Listen, you you can't help but uh, understand that they don't want their franchise being... I mean, listen, they have millions and millions of fucking viewers. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's face it, WWE wishes they had the fucking... A, a, a quarter of the viewers that, you know, NFL gets. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, without a doubt. I could definitely... I mean, I mean Raw is... A- 
ratings alone drop because of Monday Night Football because, you know, everybody has something to watch now, an alternative other than, you know, when football's back on, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's not even a, a lot of shows suffer during Monday Night Football. It's not just Monday Night oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's It's not just, you know, wrestling and Raw, but a lot of shows do, man. I mean, I, like I said, I'm not a football fan. I don't watch football, but, I mean... My fiance's brother is obsessed with it. Her mother is obsessed with it. And like, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, shit. I mean, they miss a game and they're like yelling and screaming. And I'm like, fuck that. I miss wrestling. I'm like, I fucking recorded it. Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't care. I might not even watch. Might not even fucking watch. I don't care. But yeah, man, it, it it's got nothing, you know. It it's it's fucking insane though. What the what a conglomerate NFL is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. Uh, looks like Anthony jumped off for a second here. Looks like we lost him. He'll be back. Yeah. He'll be back though. Um. Anyway, yeah, like I said, this movie starts off with uh, the the quarterback getting hurt. It's their main quarterback. Uh, Willie Beeman is basically his third-string quarterback. Uh, they bring in another quarterback, and um, he goes down to first play out. Uh, so this movie's not starting off very good for the Sharks, which is the team that uh, all, all these guys play for. Um, and Tony D'Amato, Al Pacino, is the coach of... Now, we do have Jim Brown in this movie, who um, plays the defensive coach. Yeah. And uh, I think everybody knows who Jim Brown is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Former NFL running back. Former and NFL, actor. yeah, actor. Been in a bunch, of, usually in a football movie, he's always in there. Uh, Philanthropist. He, mm-hmm. yeah. he even shows up at the end of draft day. Which uh, was on the I, list. I want to get Smart on for that one. Yeah, Since Smart. I don't that fucking movie. <laughs> Smart sort of begged us not to do that. He has a lot of inconsistencies that he would like to point out. So, within the next few weeks, we'll jump back into a football movie, um, most definitely, and uh, we'll have Smart on to join us for that, so he can uh, tear apart draft day for us. Um, and in the next few weeks, I'd also like to knock out the program too. So. Program and uh, well, I guess real quick maybe Jerry Maguire. You didn't like Jerry Maguire. I don't know if that's what I want to review right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> I know I know Tom Cruise has gone off the reservation the past couple years, but he did have some gems in the nineties that I enjoyed. Yes, yeah, just it's the chick flick movie. We'll have to see about that one. <laughs> uh, on, a, on a side note, uh, Cuba Gooding. Wanted to play Willie Beeman, but Oliver Stone said, you know, you already played Rod Tidwell in a movie y'all just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were already in Jerry Maguire, so no, no, no. And um, he won an award for it. So yes, he yeah. did. Yes, Plus, he I did. just want to I want, I want, uh, just dissect the rise and fall, because I've never seen somebody's career fall so fast after winning an Oscar. <laughs> that's, very, that's very fascinating to me. Wait, who? How do you go from Jerry Maguire, uh, Oscar, to fucking Snow Dogs? But that's another episode for another day. <laughs> because Disney pays a shitload of money. That's why. Bro, that Disney money is fucking... I mean, Thank you. Okay, I'll give you that. But fucking chill factor? like, Which I enjoy, but it's just like... It was just a fall from grace. 
I mean, well, he had a Canadian retard strength and radio, so, you know. Yeah, what did he do after, um, I'll tell you the truth. One of my favorite Cuba Gooding Jr. movies is sort of an under underrated one. I mean, no, everyone's fucking like, Pearl Harbor? No, 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 no. And my favorite Cuba Gooding Jr. movie is Gladiator. Yeah, the boxing oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can co-sign for that one. The that boxing movie. That movie is so underrated. Him, Brian Dennehy, um, shit, Falzone from uh, Homicide Life on the Street, and uh, shit, he's in Chicago PD now, that kid. Um, yeah. yeah, great movie, though. Uh, underrated. Very fucking underrated movie. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you remember y'all covered in Judgment Night. He was in there. He was in Judgment Night, but yeah. wasn't Judgment like early 90s? Yeah, but I'm saying it was, I, I still thought it was underrated. You said Gladiator was underrated. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just like he's a good actor, so I'm not trying to shit on his entire career, but it's just like. No. And he's doing like straight to DVD, love, you know, these chick flicks. It's just. What the? How do you. Boys in the Hood, Judgment Night, Gladiator, Jerry Maguire, this shit. It's, it, it, it's just it's just very bizarre that you go from one extreme to the next within a year. He did sort of. I mean, I didn't even think about that. He did fall off after Jerry Maguire, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, at least Jamie Foxx after he won his Oscar for Ray, uh -huh. at least he got like a couple years. He got a he got a couple year run, got a couple albums. You know, he did some things. And I'm sorry, I I I still say Jamie Foxx's best movie is Bait. That was pretty good. Bait. Love. I did love Bait. And I, another one that's underrated of his, it's kind of dopey, but uh, held up. <laughs> no, eh. I don't know. I, I, I love that movie, Bait. Him and, um, who was that, Mike Epps? Yeah. Mike Epps is yeah, in that yeah. movie. Yeah, that's a fucking really, really good movie with a good little story, man. I mean, I, I, you know me. I'm a cop a cop movie fan. I just so. saw that in the theater. So, yeah, that was, you know, it was a good movie. I think I might have, too. They got my I don't head. know why, but for some reason I said, yeah, let me see this movie. And I wound up liking it. It wound up surprising me. Yeah. I, it's another one that I actually own on DVD. Actually, Cuba Gooding. He was in Machete Kills, Red Tails. Uh, he was in a actually a few, you know, few good ones, too. The Butler. Wait a minute. Did you just say Machete Kills and good in the same sentence? Look, I'm a Danny Trejo fan, but... Yeah, I mean, come on now. It's just Robert Rodriguez, dude. And plus, it's it's kind of like, you know. <laughs> nah, it's so got that. Best nick of, uh, was it? Uh, Maid of Honor? Him and De Niro? That wasn't too bad. Men of Honor, yeah. I mean, look, American Gangster, he played Hollywood Nicky Barnes. Ah, uh, Men of Honor, really? Yeah, you yeah, know what? Honor, that's a great fucking movie. But that's, that's De Niro at his fucking greatest, man. That's another De Niro at his greatest movie. Which, I know you can say that about a lot of movies, but Men of Honor... We'll probably have to knock that one out one night too. Hey man, he De Niro even did a comedy with Zac Efron, you know, Dirty Grandpa. I rented it and I, I I got it. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, De Niro's done some good little, you know, cop movies too, man. Fifteen yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He actually dies in that movie. <gasps> spoiler. <Anakin>. Spoiler. <laughs> but yeah, I mean he how many movies does De Niro die? Yeah. All right. Yeah. De Niro's, I mean, I mean, you you talk about like uh, a De Niro. Like honestly, I would run out of fingers because it's like so many movies of De Niro's that I love. Like uh, oh yeah, Cape Fear. 
Gotta get the Cape Fear one. Oh, Cape Fear's amazing. Gotta get Cape Fear. Yeah, yeah. Cape Fear is a good one. We um, already did a Bronx Tale. One of my favorite episodes that we've ever done, by the yeah. way. Check it out in the archives. Talk about in-depth. We went deep into a Bronx Tale, dude. <laughs> I mean, De Niro was the flint in heat, and you were rooting for him. It just shows you. Know? I know. Isn't that the craziest thing? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, was like, he was the cool heel. Yeah. You did, I'm you, sorry. I was pissed off. I was pissed. Of, I was pissed when he <laughs> shot. I really wanted him to shoot Pacino in that movie. Right. I, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, fuck, you ain't supposed to cheer for, like, the bad guys in the movies, quote-unquote, but I was fucking cheering for De Niro. I was, I'm sorry. I, w- I wanted a refund after I saw Heat for the first time. Oh, it wasn't that bad. I was just <laughs> like, I, I was pissed at the end. That was a great movie, man. We'll, we'll def- Did we do that yet? No, we need to get to that. No, no, no. That's on the list. That's, 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 that, that should be high on the list. That might be, like, next week high on the list. Yeah, either that or fucking K-Fair between those two. Because now, now I'm in the mood for De Niro this week. I have to do a fucking De Niro movie next week, so. All right, and just remember when Cape Fear, just remember Waylon Mercy and Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. so. De Niro did it better. If he was 10 years younger around that time frame, he could have pulled it off. He wouldn't even have to bump. Just have him come in and cut promos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need to get to this movie. Like I said, it's we're, 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 we're not, we haven't even played a clip yet. But, um,. Basically, we you know we said the two quarterbacks go down. They bring in Willie Beeman, who is you know third string, basically the 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 worst of the worst quarterbacks they they brought in. Hasn't taken very many snaps. Um, they get him in there, and he's doing pretty shitty in the beginning. But the main thing he does that makes everyone kind of like, what the fuck is he's sitting there in the huddle and pukes, <laughs> just pukes in the fucking Pukes. huddle. Um, why don't you just say it like Vince? <laughs> puke. Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna puke. <laughs> <sighs> People are going to come running in this room soon. You know that, right? You okay? All right. That's, that was scary good. <laughs> that was scary good. I, I, for a minute, I thought, like, what the fuck? Are we reviewing the right movie tonight? <laughs> no, we're doing Beyond the Mat. You don't remember? <laughs> oh, shit. We might have to do that, like, during, like, next month, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yes. You know why? If I get to do my impression of New Jack playing Denzel's best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, Oh, I need a sip of fucking beer after that. My throat hurts. God damn it. Mm. Okay. I feel better now. Oh, Vince's voice kills my throat. Ah. So, all right. So anyway, Beeman's puking. Uh, everybody, even his team is like, what the fuck? Uh, even the coach is like, what the hell just happened, man? And I believe the other coach says, where did you get this faggot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's not here. That's when, uh, uh, that's not Dit- Ditka. That's uh, Dick Butkus yeah. is in this movie, right? That's who that is, right? 
Dick yeah. fuck that's calling somebody a faggot. I hope the irony isn't lost there. <laughs> Hell of a name, huh? Hey, Dick, he was in an episode of Night Court, goddammit. Yes. Uh, yes, the 90s kids, you know, it, were, it was a different time. You can get away with stuff like that back then. Yeah, even 99 you could. Yeah, 99, I would say up until about mid, mid-2000s. Dude, we've discussed when this shit happened. Janet Jackson's titty. Oh, God, yeah. Janet Jackson's titty fucked up the world. She doesn't realize... It's a nice titty, too. Like, this is what yeah. I'm saying, though. Titties can kind of, like, throw you off sometimes. Dude, that titty was not worth what we had to do. Janet Jackson's titty fucked up censored radio. And Janet is still looking good at 50. Yeah, but how does your titty yeah. fuck up radio? I don't know. Like, like, when, I put it to you like this. She, that titty made Howard Stern go PC. What the fuck is wrong with the world when Howard... You can't even count on Howard Stern to be offensive anymore. Bro, they handcuffed him. I'm telling you. The FCC cracked the fucking whip, dude, after that titty popped out. And they were like, oh my God, stop everything. There's no more. We'll stop every word that sounds like titty. Even kitty. You can't say it in the song anymore. It was just ridiculous, dude. They, 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 you couldn't play or anything on the radio anymore. They America killed. became pussified. That, that was it. Janet Jackson, her titty pussified America. Weebs just hit it on the head. <laughs> Janet Jackson's titty pussified United States. Uh, Damn it, Janet! It caused nipple piercings to go up though because it, the nipple was pierced. What uh, I for, was it? I forgot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, good. I for remember her. that very well. That that was probably the most analyzed clip <laughs> for before about a two month period. Oh hell yeah, dude! That was the most rewinded clip ever. That was like the most <laughs> rewinded DVR clip in history. I mean, think about it. When the day comes, and I hope it's no time soon, and she passes with all the hit records, Michael Jackson's sister coming from a famous family, that will probably be her most memorable moment. Oh, she's going <laughs> to go down. That'll be her most infamous and famous moment, mm-hmm. all rolled into one. That's it. Her titty is going to be the uh, the thing she goes down, down for in history. That's what it's going to be, man. That is how it's going to fucking be. But yeah, I mean it's amazing to think, but that titty right there ruined ruined a lot of shit for a lot of people. Um and again, now we'll, let's go back to the movie. We've said that about 5 times already. Willie Beeman is doing so bad. He's calling out plays that don't exist. That's how bad he's doing in this movie. Now they purposely obviously show how bad he's doing in the beginning of the movie to obviously, you know, show his progression. And not only his progression, but they 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 sort of want to show the humbleness of him here between what we see in the next uh, next hour of this movie, you know. So, but we'll definitely get that. But yeah, these it's got all these fucking uh, <clears throat> these 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 guys just sitting there fucking, and these guys are out there on the field talking all kinds of shit. Uh, guess I can back up a little bit. We can finally play a fucking clip. Right after this play, 
Well, they're all in the field fucking screaming mad shit. Yeah, let's just see where I'm at here. I went too far. But, um, yeah, they're playing, uh, you know, I mean, he's throwing interceptions. He's just doing all kinds of stupid fucking shit, Willie Beeman is. But, uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Hold on here. Back up just a little bit more. Like I said, he's he's calling plays that don't even fucking exist. Um, throwing the ball over. Interceptions. Just total bullshit playing. Uh, and, of course, Tony D'Amato, the coach, Pacino, he's getting fucking pissed out there. But here we go. We can hear these guys talking now. Finally got the right scene. And that was also when he was calling the play that doesn't exist. They're all fucking confused. What the <laughs> fuck is Red Star? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's just big time sucking dick now. Um, basically, from there, we go back into the um, locker room uh, for halftime. And this is where you start seeing some of the uh, the back... Uh, the in-depth part of the movie, um, you know, the just the coaches are pissed off. They're screaming. They're yelling. Um, big. I, I I hate to say, but I keep calling this guy Vladimir from Higher Learning. <laughs> it was Higher Learning. He was Vladimir, right? That, that's like what I remember him as. But um, yeah, just I mean, here you go. I'll, I'll play this too. There's going to be a few scenes in here where it's really. It's music, it's talking, but this movie is very clip-heavy. There's a lot of uh, clips that I actually want us to get to. When it's, uh, it is clip-heavy, but the 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 way the movie is edited, the way the movie is cut, I almost say it's it's chaotic, but but it's not chaotic because it makes sense. It's um, it's, it's controlled. It's controlled chaos. A controlled chaos, collective chaos. I, I guess whatever you want to say, but it it's very the it, it, like we said. There's three thousand cuts in this movie. Uh, in a two and a half hour movie, that's a shitload of fucking cuts. But a lot of them are you know there's cut scenes. They go back and forth, but you'll you know. You, you you you'll get the gist of the scenes I'm playing as I'm uh, as I'm explaining them out to you. So here we go. Let's run this one near the back here. Coming up, okay. Once you drop back, you make the side. Goddamn it, we got the third string quarterback that ain't gonna produce shit. And when I'm talking about defense, goddamn it, you're dumb enough. We made it simple enough. We made this shit real fucking simple. One on one, you lightheaded? 
I was lightheaded at kickoff, Doc. Now I'm about one foot in the fucking coffin stage. Just a couple quarts low. You need an oil change, Matman. Why are my legs one big fucking knot? I need some Vicodin. I need some cyclobenzaprine. I need some. Set on your nose. Harvey, better speak here for a second. I'm, I'm worried about Cap. He, he's losing ankle strength. And well, what did you do? You, you examined him? Yeah. Charlie, you are actually one of the few relatives that I can stomach, but you're the internist. I'm the orthopedist, remember? Bone, muscle, joint, me. Runny nose, diarrhea, gonorrhea, pink eye. Okay, I'm going to pause it there because James Woods and Matthew Modine play a pretty pretty big part in this movie. Um, James Woods is the, I guess, the veteran team doctor, we could call him. Um, and Matthew Modine is sort of the new guy, uh, the new kid on the block, if you will. Um, there in the team, and he's another, you know, he, he's he's another doctor that's kind of joining him. Uh, I guess kind of an intern he would be, we could probably say. But I'm sure he's getting paid, so not an intern. But, um, <laughs> you know, this sort of shows, this scene here is just showing these guys know the medicine they want, the medicine they need. They know the painkillers they need. And it also shows that James Woods, the original doctor, doesn't really want Matthew Modine digging in his business. Um, and we'll find out why later. But that's sort of how this scene is set up. Now, the really funny part about this scene is uh, Andrew uh, Vladimir. Um, and, you know, when we talk about this guy, this guy is has also been in... Uh, me and me, we were talking about this off air too. He was in the program. Um, he was in Higher Learning. He was in American History X as Nako. Uh, this guy's been in a shitload of movies, mostly football movies. Um, had a little controversy a, couple, a few years back when um, his dogs were taken for uh, suspected animal cruelty. But, like, the next day he had all his dogs back and the charges were dropped. So I'm not quite sure what that was all about. But uh, he's obviously a huge dog lover. He had a bunch of dogs. And I, maybe that's why someone fucking called. He had too many dogs. But uh, the funniest part is when he is, uh, he's, they have an IV in his arm. And immediately he has to shit. And um, I don't know. You call it a shitty situation. It's sort of a visual scene, but fuck it. Let's play it, because they're all screaming and yelling. Here we go. Doctors, Cap, you're okay. It's just a bruise. No ribs broken. Oh. Get back films normal. No, no, no. Something's definitely wrong here. Oh, my butt is just killing me, man. Well, I think send you over an MRI in case. Doc, Doc, pull the pipes, man. Doc, I gotta go, man. Call the wise. He literally kicks a plate. He he throws a place kicker out of the fucking <laughs> out of the, the, the toilet. Um, this is where we get though the first Pacino speech um, yes. as coach, and 
I really got to play this because this is, you know, where we see the uh, just the beginning of the coaching of Al Pacino. And here we go. You throw into the receiver. We got some other shit on your mind. We just lost two goddamn quarterbacks in one half of football because our line couldn't pick up a backside bandit on max protection. All week long, we work on the calls over, over, over again. You are not fucking focused. McKenna, what are you doing? You got to keep your head on a swivel, man. You got to slide out there. Pick up that robber. I mean, roll up those outside linebackers. Beam in. Know your sight adjustments. Understand? Sanderson and Fox will break off their routes, but you got to be there. You got to deliver it. Two goddamn turnovers in one half. Okay. Defense. This is what we got to do here. Uh, I don't know. You got to do something. You got to do something out there. You got to make it happen. I don't know what you're doing. You got to start flying around the fucking ball. Do something. Tackle somebody. Don't let these guys chew up the goddamn clock on us. Look, when we put eight in the box, you got to jam those receivers. I don't care. You can make mistakes. Make them big. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to eat your lunch for that. All right. Uh, here we got PJ Mack, Beastman, Horny Shark. One, two yards less each time. They're going to be looking at second and eight instead of second and six. We're only down by three. We can win this month. Yeah. 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 Uh, we got three losses in a row. I'm sick and tired of this. Are you? Because if you're not, raise your hand. Come on. If you're going to act like a loser, raise your hand. If you're going to act like pussy, raise your hand. What the hell are you doing, Jake? I didn't want you to be the only pussy with his hand raised, Coach, so I figured I'd help you out. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen, this is where we live. We're not going to let them fuck with us in our own house, are we? Okay, let's go out there and kick some There you go. There you go. There's Pacino. Tell me you didn't want to kick somebody's ass after that speech. <laughs> Dude, that one and the one at the end, which uh, we'll definitely go over the one at the end. Um, but yeah, man, Pacino, I mean, look, we're we're 14 minutes into this movie. Pacino grabs you right away, sucks you right into this fucking movie. Um, you can just see Pacino's a badass, dude. I mean, literally, he, he you know, Anthony said it before, we've already said it once or twice, but you get lost in his performance in this fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was based on Tom Landry, the former Cowboys coach, and a combination. The, the name D'Amato is from Cuz D'Amato, who trained Mike Tyson and, mm-hmm. you know, other boxers. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it it, it it was a great part for him. And right in that first scene, you're like, holy shit, he was, like, fucking meant for this fucking part. You know? But uh, Willie's still out there. They're playing. Willie makes one good run by himself, but then he starts fumbling the ball. He's still playing pretty fucking shitty. But, um, you know, does start sort of... uh, I guess I got to play the the one speech that uh, 
Pacino gives him right here. Right here, Pacino gives uh, Beeman one little speech and um, definitely worth playing. Here we go. Believe me when I tell you this. You can only get better. And you don't have to worry about getting a hook because I got no one left. Okay? Coach, I'm playing like shit. No, I ain't playing like myself. Come on, come on. You know how to play this game. You played this game your whole life. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 you grew up in Dallas, right? Right? So maybe you're back in Dallas right now. I mean, you're home. You're enjoying yourself. You're back in the back in the hood just before your mama calls you in for dinner. I say, go to the Buick. Turn around. I'll throw it to you. Remember that? Yeah, something like that. Point is what I'm saying, Willie. Is you gotta forget it all. The crowd, the audibles, the goddamn playbook. Just focus on this next one pass. Go to the Buick. Turn around. Turn around. All right, baby. Enjoy it. All right. That's what you're here for. There you go. Go to the Buick. Turn around. It'll be there. Great fucking speech. Great speech. Another great speech by um, by Pacino. You know, we we get the one in the back, which is really good. But then we get this speech where he's talking to Willie, trying to just calm him down. Now, he says something in this that he might regret saying later in the movie, the... Forget the playbook. Forget everything. Uh, yes. Just worry about this play. Um, to me, this is a little bit of foreshadowing in the movie where he says those words, forget the playbook, forget everything. Um, I believe that's a regretful statement <laughs> of foreshadowing, but um, we'll get into that a little more. So uh, Willie does go out there and just gets out there and plays and uh does make the last pass but uh in this is also where he looks into the crowd and as he looks into the crowd again it cuts to a, uh, a cut scene where it shows all the old like 1940s football fans like the, you know the old football it does in black and white all the old faces yeah. in the crowd um Again, just kind of uh, showing, you know, little, uh, again, just an Oliver Stone signature, you know, are these cut scenes. Really, they are. Um, he really, I mean, even in Wall Street in the 80s, he used cut scenes. They were just different. Um, but he, you know, as technology grew, these became his signature. Um, but yeah, Beeman does end up making the pass, throwing it in, and... Um, you know, he throws to Bill Bellamy, who, um, Bill Bellamy's one of those, not in a ton of movies, but you still know his name actors, you know? Popular yeah. from the 90s, yeah. Yeah, if you're oh, from yeah, the Bill 90s. Bill Bellamy in the 90s was huge. He really was. I mean, what made him, where did he go? Do you, does anyone know? Say, I'm not sure. I know he started, yeah, I mean. People get he was a comedian too. He's done stand up specials, you know. He did, he did, he did some stand up specials. Yeah, yeah, 
basically came from Death Comedy Jam, and pretty much anybody that was on Death Comedy Jam went on to some measure of success. Hey, he's an MTV VJ, you know. Yes, yes, he was. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So yeah, I mean, if you were from the, uh, you know, if, if if you were you know a kid in the early and late '90s, Bill Bellamy was pretty big. But I believe this might have been one of his, I hate to say, last movies. But I mean, he's popped up in some things. I popped up in some things, but yeah, it's probably his last notable role. You're right. Yeah, let me jump down the old, uh, to old Bill Bellamy here, and see what he's done. How? How? I will say this though: How to be a player should have been nominated for something. <laughs> Was it nominated for shittiest movie? <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's another <laughs> movie that had a lot of titties in it, so it's it has an honorable mention from me. All right. Honorable mention. All right, you know what? Bill Bellamy was just in a Kindergarten Cop two, um, which is uh, I believe Dolph Lundgren is in this one. Because I probably won't be seeing it. No, no, he's done a lot of. Uh, he's had a few TV appearances since. Oh, yeah, that's right. He had a show with that show, um, Mr. Box Office. He was in Fast Lane, the TV series, uh, 2002. Really, this is his last notable, notable fucking role. In other news, Bill Bellamy is, is credited for creating or coining the phrase booty call. Really? Yeah. Well, um... We all know what that is. Uh, I'm great. Good for him. What do I say <laughs> here? I'm not even sure what to say. Uh, this is. <laughs> hey, there's a movie called Booty Call, so yes. He will True. live on forever. And that was with Jamie Foxx, too. Yes, it was. I do remember that movie. Um, now, the, now, after that play, the coach sort of sees, you know, the team is high fiving him, this and that. But again, he sort of sees something in Willie, but he also sees where that Willie can be a problem. Um, so, again, that little statement he made, forget the playbook, forget this, forget that. He might regret it, but you also see Cameron Diaz, the owner of the team, taking a little bit of interest in uh, in Willie. You know, hey, where did we find this guy? Um, this and that. Now, Cameron Diaz took over the team from her father who had passed away in this movie who we need to bring that up because it does get brought up a lot in this fucking movie. And I, and I, and I gotta say this before you go anymore, mm-hmm. Fred the Fox. I gotta say, Stephanie had to, Stephanie McMahon had to get her uh, motivation for her current character from Cameron Diaz in this movie. Because for some reason I was seeing a lot of Steph in the uh, mannerisms, the way she talked to people and just the way she carried herself. Like, picture, like, if Raw had an X rating or an R rating, this is how Stephanie would talk to people on air. You're right. She would. Absolutely. I could definitely see that. I could see yeah, that. There are similarities there. Yeah. yeah I mean, for some reason, I'm not trying to make this the wrestling show, but I just picked up on that watching it. No, I see the, I, I see the resemblance, if you will. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she wears the business suits like her. I mean, I mean, uh, just the mannerisms too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Um, now after that play, um, they are winning as of this moment, uh, and 
or they're yeah yeah they are now basically this is another moment where they're uh another sort of part of the movie that's sort of important because another part or subplot to this movie is Tony is losing it a little bit uh doesn't have the the fire he used to um we play this little scene here this is only a you know little bit of a scene and it'll just sort of uh wrap that up a little bit of how Tony's sort of losing it and how Nick Crozier, who's uh, the offensive coordinator, um, played by Aaron Eckhart. Is that who it is? Yeah. Who was uh, in Dark Knight. He was Two-Face in Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Harvey Dent. Uh, so, you know, there's his probably most notable role, I would say, after this one. And uh, we'll hear him talking to Tony a little bit right here. Why is he calling these plays? I can't just, I can't get in his face. Listen, tell me he's got to take a chance. I'm doing my best, Turn up the volume, Nick. Red Beast Reed. They're giving us the flat. Let's run smoke and throw. Maybe they're looking for the pick. Oh, I'm not taking any chances. That would be a ballerina. So he says he's not taking any chances. Um... You know, and again, you hear, you know, Cameron Diaz down there, you know, telling him basically, you know, tell him to stop calling these plays. But um, he still calls the play. But uh, right after that, again, you know, Nick Crozier, his, you know, offensive coordinator, speaking to him again. Here we go. Tony, they're screaming for him to dump it out there. It's wide open. All right, so he runs the same play, and the other team ends up uh, with the ball and wins the game. Um, this is where Anne Margaret gives her daughter a drunk speech. Uh, um i gotta say i'm not i don't like seeing ann margaret like this man (laughs) it's hey it's like the natural progression she can't be the hot chick in the movie anymore so now she's got to be the uh drunk uh i won't say ugly but the drunk broad yeah i guess that kind of gives like incoherent speeches and you know over sexualized that type of thing yeah she and she's she's a horny chick in this movie uh I think she wants a little bit of uh, the Pacino cock. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yes, she, I, yeah. I think she wants that Pacino cock. Uh, <laughs> you say that, but could you picture like Pacino in his in his prime years being a coxman? Oh yeah. Oh, I could. <laughs> I definitely could. So you, so you think he got got a pretty impressive uh, track record? Maybe he might have nailed Anne Margaret. Now who knows? He might have nailed her during yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah. at the scar. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, I can't see it. Scarface was a classic. Yeah, <laughs> dude. And it, oh, and uh, see, it, there was an homage. We'll get to that soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. It was a little bit of an homage. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, you know what? Let's play this drunken speech by uh, Anne Margaret, who uh, again, I mean, you know, I do remember her from the Elvis movies. 
Viva Las Vegas is probably her most notable movie with Elvis. But um, she was yeah. pretty hot in uh, Grumpy Old Men. And grumpy old man. She was watch Viva Las Vegas. She was gorgeous back in those days, man. And and believe it or not, she was like almost too hot for the uh, the sixties. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she was like ridiculously hot back then. Uh, but here's the probably, ju- probably ahead of her time. Like if she had it came along twenty years later, mm. fit right in. Oh yeah. Um and yeah this is a uh, and and Margaret in this movie plays uh, Cameron Diaz's mom. Uh again Cameron Diaz is the owner so um you know she's kind of the drunken mom who you know always has her little uh Pomeranian dog with her. Uh so you know that's 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 sort of who you got here. Let's uh play a little bit of it here. Is that okay? We lost once. All of a sudden one of these Real tall gentleman jumped up so high, and he just picked that thing out of that air, just like that. And I thought your daddy—I <laughs> had a heart attack. Oh, I Pogo is very oh. depressed here. Uh, oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know who? She's Sunny. She's Sunny in this movie. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the rest nah, of them. I wouldn't even. No, nah, I wouldn't go that far. No, I'm not gonna be so mean. <laughs> I, I can't be that mean to Anne Margaret. Um, it also shows Cameron Diaz talking to her boyfriend in this movie. Now, she was originally supposed to be married in this movie, but for some reason, Oliver Stone decided to change it, and uh, she wasn't. Um. But, I mean, there were a lot of parts in this movie changed and cut from this movie. Be better. Uh, um, Al Pacino originally had a son in this movie, believe it or not, played by... Um, uh, Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel, who a person of in- was in Person of Interest. He's the main character in that movie uh, show, actually, a great fucking show yeah, passion of the christ mm-hmm. and he was in um escape plan like i said with pacino and uh, oh, pacino. Count Jesus, of Monte Cristo. uh S- stallone and schwarzenegger were in escape plan that's what he's in he's been in a ton of shit man but uh yeah his part was cut completely cut but uh yeah there was a scene with him and uh, pacino as his uh a strange son and the movie does call his son and end up with a, leaving a voicemail, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he leaves a voicemail. With, he leaves a drunken voicemail with his wife too, his ex-wife, <laughs> which will uh, will play. But uh, you know, Cameron Diaz is talking to her boyfriend here and just you know forgets about things that he's leaving and stuff. But um, Cameron Diaz, hot, still hot in this movie. Yeah, still hot in this movie. Um, you know, basically, though, she's telling him, you know, babe, get your, uh, get my mama home, no stops, don't let her drink anymore. But, um, you know, they go back, and um, I guess we can play a little bit of this here, right after they go back in the fucking locker room. I want you to just, just, there's a little bit of a funny part here, and um, yeah, give me a second, we'll go ahead and play it, I'm just killing a couple more seconds till they get down there and uh no stops and here we go 
Uh, make it three. You want to walk through or jog uh, Let it go, Willie. Play strong. Think I'm of sick of losing. Well, when you're my age, you get used to it. All right, everybody, listen up. Played your hearts out there today. No, no blame, nobody. Let's take a knee, father. There you go. So, if you remember the whole speech he gave of cursing and holy fuck this and that, and now, take a knee. Take yeah. a knee. <laughs> I'm not going to play the, uh, maybe, uh, should I play the player? You want to play the, should I play the player, or the prayer? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. You and I have been in some tough places together, haven't we? I went to my playbook. And the book says, the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Now, we just lost four in a row. That doesn't mean that we're specially cursed. Joy comes in the morning. But no atheists in foxholes. Our Father, who art in heaven. There you go. Um, and, you know, I, I do have to say the music in this movie is, I mean, perfect. Perfect. All of the music in this movie is just perfect for the whole fucking movie. Um, and someone we haven't mentioned is in this movie is Lauren Hawley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. Um, she is doesn't have a huge part in this movie, uh, but she is uh, yes. Cap Rooney's <laughs> yeah Cap Rooney or Dennis Quaid's wife, um, and she is a saucy catty bitch in this movie. Um, a football wife. She is the the epitome of the football wife. Uh, but yeah, she, I, and I've said before, uh, before I, I love her. She is amazing. Lauren Hawley. Uh, she's one of the few women that you just change her hairstyle <clears throat> and her hair color. And she's a completely different character, completely oh, yeah. different person. Um, I mean, she's been in dramas, comedies, everything she's been in i mean you know I've, we we talked about her a lot obviously when we did the uh bruce lee episode okay, dumb and dumber i mean dragon dumb and dumber right dragon uh but I mean, she's just and i love her in down periscope she has a few kids so she is a milf definitely would call her one and like i said you know i used to watch uh when i watch flashpoint that canadian cop show Next thing you know, I you don't know many people. Next thing you know, there's Lauren Hawley. Out of nowhere in a Canadian oh, TV show. Boom. Yeah, I mean, she was NCIS, CSI Miami. Mm-hmm. She has the Chicago Hope. I mean, she's, she's got a wide variety. I mean, even better, you know, she was in a, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, TV, movies. She's done a lot of fucking... Yeah, she definitely still pops up every now and then if you pay attention. No, she makes me pop up every now and then. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) 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 
She does though, but she is the the definite uh, football wife. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know they they and now they go in and uh, cap. Cap Rooney, Dennis Quaid, did end up needing back surgery. And that's another part of this movie. Willie is, in part, still the quarterback because uh, Cap did need back surgery. Um, so, but yeah, he's, you know, the, the, he's in a shitload of pain, obviously. Even telling, you know, hey, I'm a football player. They got to turn up the volume here. But, um even after James Woods told me it was just a bruise. Yeah, just a bruise, no broken ribs. Um, obviously, the MRI showed something different. That's you know they, they don't really show that, but obviously it did. Um, but yeah, well, you see, know. That, that's what basically caused the rift between you know um, you know the doctor and the intern. Exactly, and we'll 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 get yeah. to that. Um, but after that. It's little scene there. Tony goes to the bar. Uh, Pacino, I guess we could... I'd rather call him... Let's, let's call him Tony. A little easier. Uh, Tony goes to the bar, and um, he's drinking. He's drunk. Uh, and this is where Elizabeth Berkeley walks up to him. She plays a hooker in this movie. And again, th- th- <laughs> th- this girl is a good egg. Yeah, she is not scared of nudity. No, she is not afraid to get naked in a movie, and she wanted us to forget Saved by the Bell with a passion. You know what? <laughs> Saved by the what? <laughs> the only person that remembers that fucking still watches that show is Tommy, as he fucking jerks off to it. Hey, shout uh, out to Tommy who had a birthday. That's he did just have a birthday. Tommy, we do miss you here, buddy. You got to call in soon. Uh, and I gotta say real quick, Elizabeth Berkeley's attractive and fine and all, mm. but man, why not Tiffany Amber Thiessen in this role? I, that is somebody I, we need to see naked in, on film. Um, I hate to tell you, but you do not want to see her nowadays. <laughs> she has a cooking show. Anthony, jump on your computer, type her name, type in 2016 or 17, and you're going to change your mind. Oh. Kelly Capal. Oh, don't tell me. Bob. Anthony, Say it ain't so. Anthony, listen to me when I tell you this. She does not look anything like fucking uh, uh, son-in-law. Oh, <laughs> not even ladies' man. No. Jesus. No. Me. No. Not even ladies' man. That might have been her last hot movie. Elizabeth Berkeley, NYPD Blue, two thousand. Ah, she was. She was the reporter. Nicole Graf. She was a reporter who uh, ended up um, dating Henry uh, Henry Simmons, who was a Baldwin, a detective yeah, two on that show. I think. Yes, yes, she was. She was. Uh, no one knows what I'm talking about, so I'm not even going to say. She was Pete McGreedy's sister. Damn it, she was uh, Pete. That's Pete McGreedy's sister. But uh, you're right. I totally forgot she was in that fucking show, man. She was. That was right after Say by the Bell. I had two thousand in. Mm-hmm. And she she was a little. Uh, she was already a little slutty in that show. <laughs> Seriously, she uh, she was a little slutty in that show. Yeah, she. I mean, CSI Miami, CSI Crime. 
crime scene investigation. So she had a few, you know, law and order criminals and a few cop shows. Yeah, that's right. She was, um, uh, she was David Caruso's baby mama in the CSI Miami. Yeah, that's right. But you know what? I completely forgot. She was in NYPD Blue. Yes, she was. Good call, Weebs. Look yeah, at that. You got your fix. <laughs> Look at that. As soon as you said it, I'm like, God damn it. You're right. She was. I remember now. Yeah, that was late. That was uh, Baldwin came in or Henry Simmons came in. And uh, let's see. It was, was Bobby still there? No, it was after Bobby. So it had to be season seven, maybe eight. Where Henry Simmons showed up. Um, S.A. Morales was the boss at the time, so it had to... No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Fancy was the boss, so it had to be seven. Maybe even late season six. Yeah, because in season seven, uh, Fancy gets moved up to captain and leaves the show. That's when S.A. Morales comes in as the boss. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to NYPD, Blows a Jimmy Smith guy, so. Hey, I love Bobby. Yeah. Bobby was yeah. great in that show. I loved how they brought him back in season, you know, season 12 as a ghost. <laughs> it's fucking awesome, man. Um, but yeah, yeah, Elizabeth Berkeley does show up, basically tells Tony she's a hooker. <laughs> and she wants to fucking suck the shit out of him. For a few uh, grand. Yeah. For a few grand, you know, five a night. Um, a th- what was it? A thousand for an hour? A, th- a five thousand for the night? Damn. Yeah. Well, you can get sunny for less. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and she'll finger her ass for you live on Skype. <laughs> um, but yeah, at that night, Tony does sort of turn it down. Um, says he's drunk, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, uh... What? I said, that's the best time to go for it. Yeah, but, uh... No disappointments, you won't remember shit by the morning. Great. Yeah. Unless you get too drunk and you get whiskey dick, and you really can't do too much. I think he might have had a whiskey dick. Um, but yeah, it shows him, um, last one in the bar. Uh, it looks over, everyone's gone. Um... Then it shows him going back to his house, and uh, you know he puts the uh, the losing score on the schedule. Uh, then we go, and you know it shows little pictures of you know young Tony and his wife, and he does make a drunk phone call here. Let's play the drunk phone call. What do you say, guys? Oh yeah. Oh, here we go. And you, Jeanette, grandkids. We got grandkids, huh? Ah. Uh, why we ever get divorced anyway? Oh, fuck. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, oh, hang up and then get robbery. Yeah, he's drunk off his ass here. Um, if you haven't gotten drunk and dialed your ex, something's wrong with you. No. I have done it, and I know a bunch of people have done it. Oh, everyone's done it. Hey, I miss you. <laughs> oh, by the way, I hate you, and you broke my heart. Fuck you. 
Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. I love you. <laughs> Please don't leave. Fuck you. I hate you. Please don't leave. All right. Um, I want that... that episode where Box drinks enough to actually go into a rant like that on the air. <laughs> I I don't think I can drink enough to do that anymore. I don't know, man. I think I'm too. Uh, I think I'm too numb to drunkness to do that shit. <laughs> But um, we go to there practicing. This goes to the first practice. And uh, I do want to play the clip where Jim Brown <laughs> starts. They're practicing. And, you know, Shark, is tra- uh, Shark who's obviously Lawrence. Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. What the fuck is that? Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor. And, uh, you know, he's practicing and just sort of light hitting the guy. Jim Brown loses his shit. <laughs> This is his team. We got to hear this. Here we go. This ain't no bullshit, West Virginia. You in the big leagues here. What the fuck is that, man? What you pussy? That ain't no damn hit. 14 years, I know you how to hit. 14 years, you capping this goddamn team. Not the reason I'm about to lose my goddamn job. Show me. That's my boy, my motherfucker. That's the way to hit, Sean. That is the way to hit. There you go. There you go. And you know what? We we mentioned the movie, the program. That sort of reminds me of a scene where you know he's sitting there talking to Vladimir, and he's like, "Nothing but snot bubbles." James <laughs> Conn says it to him. That sort of reminds me a little bit of that fo- that that scene a little bit, but um, you know, football movies are football movies. Um, now, another little secret part of this movie is Cameron Diaz as the owner is also looking to acquire another team in L.A. Um, and she's doing this very secretly, and there's a reason she's doing it secretly. Um, obviously, it's not allowed, and um, she's doing it anyway. And that does turn out to be another little uh, little part in the movie that um, does become important down the road. But uh, Tony shows up at her house, um, and I'll play a little bit of that too. Give me a second here, right where Tony walks in. Uh, here we go. No, thank you. I had about four for breakfast. This is a hell of a loss, Tony. You know, I can see how my mom could drink herself into a stupor watching football games all her life, but I mean, this kind of play, I mean, this kind of play makes me want to jump out of a fucking window, Tony. You know, you can run this a million times, Christy, but. You know, on any given Sunday. You're going to either win or you're going to lose. The point is, can you win or lose like a man? Dad said a lot of catchy things. Oh, actually, I said that. But, you know, but he could never of... stand losing, could he? And Julian couldn't resist going for his bonus yards. Blame me, not Julian. That was my call. I know it was, Tony. It's four in a row. This season is a disaster. Tony, without the playoffs, there's no more TV money. See this? I mean, they want your head. Yeah, your father would laugh at those guys. This is a good football team. We hit, we win. We put pressure, we win. We penetrate, we win. You do it as tough as it is possible to do. And you do that in all things. 
You die hard. That's what I'm talking about. You die hard. Dad used to say, no intensity, no victory. Where the hell is your intensity, Tony? Four years ago, we won the Pantheon Cup. I was there, Christina. Remember? Now what are we? We're a second-tier team. We're not a second-tier team. No, come on, Andre. admit it, Tony. You're not being honest. We're a solid football team. We're just not inspired. Too many free agents. We got Julian. He's a merc. At the end of the season, he's gone. Next year, we rebuild our running, running game. game? And we start. You always talk about a running game, but Tony, who gives a shit as long as you're winning? People want to see passes, touchdowns, high scores. That's the game today. I paid a lot of money to get Nick Crozier here from Minnesota, specifically to modernize Football's this offense. played on the field, Christina, not in the goddamn boxes. You knew that when you had candy stuck you in your You two got a lot to talk about. If we'd have gotten alignment I wanted in the first place, maybe our first two quarterbacks Tony, would still be walking. Think of the future. Do you know what we could get for Cap right now? Probably a second and a third draft choice. I'm going to pause it right there. Um, now, this, again, you know, she's sort of lecturing Tony, obviously, but you know, she does sort of bring up, you know, a, a few things there. And Tony brings up a few things also that, you know, first of all, he brings up her father. But he's also kind of bringing up something again that comes up in the movie, and we'll we'll play that scene too, where you know he he's not crazy about the the modernizing of football, which again we were saying Tony's coaching style is sort of antiquated, and she really does think that you know basically, and you know we get this Tony's a dinosaur. Yeah, basically, he wants to run the ball, control the clock, and she's like, you know, throw the ball, touchdown, score, you know. She wants to play the, uh, again, to bring it back to wrestling, she wants to be sports entertainment. Exactly. Good, good, really good that's, call right there. And, yeah, and Tony wants to be football. Yeah. So, I mean, the... the, the, the basically, the, she's, basically, she's pushing for more angles. Exactly, but but really, when you think about it, she's looking to be the sports entertainment company, and Tony just wants to play fucking football. Yeah, you know, she wants oh the 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 fans want to see passes and touchdowns, and Tony's like, I don't give a fuck. I I, I want to win games and play football. But and she looks at it as a business first too, with the money, you know, threatening to you know move the team, mm -hmm. you know, and that's. Really, uh, I, I, I mean, that's really what it is. It's a business. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, we've said before, the NFL is a billion-dollar conglomerate business. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about fucking merch sales. Jesus Christ. I mean, I've seen people, you know, wearing their jerseys to church. That's how, you know, <laughs> just how it is, you know? <laughs> NFL jerseys, church. man. Those. Yeah. Those things go like fucking hotcakes, dude. So, but I mean, yeah, it's, 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 uh, that's, I would say that's probably one of the main points of the movie is that Tony is looking to just play football. Cameron Diaz just wants to please the fans, you know, and you know, the, the, it, 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 it comes up a lot more in the movie and we'll get to all that. 
But uh, I'm going to finish playing this scene real quick, but I did want to pause it and uh, sort of make that point. And uh, here we go. He's finished. But no, 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 I don't know that, Chris. Right. I don't know that Cap is finished. Do I have to remind you that he helped build this franchise? He's a goddamn hero to the working people of Florida and probably one of the greatest pressure players of all time. You don't just cut a man like Cap Rooney. Cap and Shark were great, but... Memories don't pass and tackle like Sean changed linebacking forever. All right, he made a quantum leap in the game. That's why we'll say goodbye to both of them with dignity, with class. We'll give them positions in the front office. I'm not going to cut or Shark LeBay, no matter how much class you do it with. Now, my contract's very clear on this point, Christy. I coach Tony, my way. We make less money than 90% of the other teams. I mean, the economics... Oh, fuck the economics. Up. Your father, you hear me? Your father didn't interfere. He made it That's work. That's because you were a fighter. You had intensity. As much as I respect my famous Uncle Tony... The players are just not responding to you. Tony Art, may he rest in peace, spent money like water. But in the modern game, with the market... Listen, I will do anything, anything to bring this team back to greatness. I guess I had nothing to do with that. That was all your dad. Okay. My excuse now. Jeez, who's playing the child now? Everybody's got to renegotiate, and that means you, too. Are you saying my contract's up at the end of the season? The economics aren't there? Is that what you're saying? You know you're not giving me a whole lot to work with. You know how your dad and I negotiated my contract? We had a beer. Shook hands. Well, I don't drink beer, Tony. No. I don't imagine you do, no. Fucking beer? There you go. So again, basically he's being told you're gone at the end of the season. You know, so... Just to add to his being a dinosaur, <laughs> this is what's happening to him now. Um, but, uh, you know, they've got... Uh, <clears throat> so after that, Cherubini is back, which was his second-string quarterback. Uh, and, you know, he's out there, and he's throwing shit. Just not doing fucking well at all. Um, so finally... Finally, uh, they bring in Willie Beeman, and this is where Willie really starts feeling his stride, I guess you would say. Uh, kicking ass. Want to go with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is when he starts getting his big push in the movie. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is his big push. Uh, you know, he's making runs, but one thing he is doing is... Uh, he starts changing some plays here and there. Um, everyone else is, you know, high-fiving. They don't know what's going on, but the team does. Um, this is where, you know, he, he does start getting his big head, 
in the movie. Um, oh no, here we go. Let me back up just a touch here, and I'll play some of this scene here. Here we go. Can somebody piece this kid out a slide for Christ's sake. I don't even have a Julian out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Tony, understand. I thought there was more talking. Once again, Bill, uh, Jamie Foxx is out there, you know, Willie Beeman. He is kicking ass, uh, but he does puke again. Um, and he's, again, changing plays. L Cool J in this movie is Julian, who they've been talking about. He's telling him, hey, that's not the play the coach called. And he's like, you got to get on my fucking page or get the fuck out of here. So he's changing plays in the huddle, which obviously is a no-no in football. Um, yeah, you notice the uh, Al Pacino called him a uh, Merc. Yeah, man. Well, you know Washington, his contract is basically incentives. The more yards, the more money he gets, and you know, mm-hmm. he's basically a mercenary. You know, mm-hmm. does anything for money. Yeah, yeah, and you know Willie's out there, like I said, changing the plays, and uh, you know what? Give me two seconds here. I'll go back to this. Here we go. There you go. No one knows what he's doing. He didn't call that play, but they're scoring points and they're winning games. The coach is pissed at him, though. Uh, matter of fact, he gives him a little little speech here, which... Give me two seconds. We'll go back to it right now. Right after this. Give me one more second. We'll go back to that little speech. Here we go. because I sure wouldn't want to be on Tony D'Amato's dark side. I call a regular 22 Fox. You know what that is, son? Yeah, I know what that is. You run the plays, I call. You with me, son? Yeah, I'm with you, boss. I'm with you. You won't take this from me, baby. You will not take this from me, baby. No. Some niggas that you don't want to try. My niggas. Some niggas just barely do it die. My niggas. We'll have you cowards ready to cry. My niggas. We'll fry. My niggas. We'll fall. My niggas. Keep niggas on their fucking... All right. I let it play because it's fucking DMX. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but they didn't say a word. <laughs> I didn't say a word. I didn't say a word. Um... Now, you know what? We brought up Layla Rashon in this movie and haven't really mentioned who she is. She is Willie Beeman's girlfriend in this movie. Uh, just saw her jumping around there and watching her boobies bounce, and I was like, oh, yeah, we haven't mentioned her yet. Uh, but they're, they're, she is Willie Beeman's girlfriend in this movie, and we'll we'll get to her in a little bit. We'll even play a little, uh, we'll even play a little argument they have later. 
just just for the hell of it. But this is where we see the tension start between Willie and uh, Tony, the coach, Tony D'Amato. Um, Willie's changing plays. Now, not only does he rub Tony the wrong way, but uh, Jul- Julian, who's played by Oh Cool J, uh, again, like we've said a little while ago, he doesn't get you know the, the more money he, he the more yards the more money he makes so that's why he wants as many as he can uh but Willie's out there you know carrying the ball changing the plays doing crazy shit uh meanwhile the sports uh, the announcers are going crazy about the shit that Willie's doing they're like holy shit that's football and you know the uh, uh Character played by John C. McGinley is here. Is like, holy shit, this guy, uh, Jim Rose or James Rose. He's like, you know, this guy, you know, here, I'll actually tell you what he's writing right here. Hold on. Give me a sec. He, he'll tell us exactly what he's writing. Oops. New breed. athlete and man. Especially they're calling him the future of football. Um, you know, they show him afterwards. They won the game. They're at a little. Uh, they go out. They show him. You know, leaving in a. Uh, they're in a boat. They're going to a dinner. Uh, shows all of them at a dinner. Um, I don't know. This is a. This is kind of a funny scene. The mayor in this movie is played by god damn it i forgot to get his name pulled up here the mayor in this movie clifton davis, clifton davis i was just looking at that right now mayor tyrone smalls is uh he's kind of a funny guy he's sort of uh would you say he was obama like yeah yeah he could really say that yeah 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 that's actually that's actually a good comparison he is a little bit yeah. he's sort of hip you know, he, yeah. I mean, the way he speaks, he's articulate. You know, mm-hmm. kind of smooth. Yeah, comes out with a little bit of a, you know, a little good one-liner now and then. Um, you know, but they, yeah, they're at a little function, and his his little saying is, "Show me some love," and <laughs> he gives him a hug. But uh, you know, it, it shows that you know him and. Uh, Cameron Diaz in this movie have a little bit of tension between each other because she in this movie is pushing for a new stadium Um, a lot of the times in this movie and he just keeps basically telling her, you know, we don't have the money for it, blah, blah, blah. But she's pushing for a new stadium and this and that. But uh, this is also where Willie is uh, he sort of, this is where you start seeing where his character is going to go from here. Uh, He's with his girlfriend. She's kind of bitching at him the whole time. And, um, you know, but this is also where, here we go, I'm going to back up a little bit. And you do see Willie is definitely starting to gain some traction 
because um, the mayor actually wants to meet him. And here we go, right here. Where is that bold and beautiful quarterback of yours, Christina? Cap, hey, say hello to his honor. Oh, good to see you again, sir. Show me some love. Absolutely. You know my wife's in here, right? So nice to see you. Nice to see you. I like the other group, right? You know, the black dude. Willie, it means Willie. Of course, of course. All right. Now, after that, you know, obviously the mayor wants to meet Willie, and you know, awkward. She, awkward. <laughs> she brings him cap, and um, this is, you know, we mentioned Lauren Holly being the epitome of a football wife. Uh, this is where Willie's girlfriend does walk up to all the football wives and tries to fit in. Right. She really does. You can, I mean, she makes an effort people say uh she makes the effort to fit in but lauren holly um to stick with anthony's uh sort of uh you know analogy she stephanie mcmahon's her <laughs> <laughs> um that you know what i'm not sure if stephanie didn't take lauren's holly character from this movie more than cameron Diaz. <laughs> um let's go ahead and play this right here fuck it Yeah. Oh, is Willie managing to keep his food down tonight? Yeah, he's fine. I'm Vanessa. He's Struthers. Jack had such a laugh off that one. <laughs> Jimmy had to order new shoes. Hi, I'm Jamie Lassiter. Heather Sanders. Hi. Hi. So are you and Willie married? Oh, no, but we've been together for like six or seven Doesn't years. Doesn't count until you're married, honey. <laughs> or until you get your name in the paper as Anne White. <laughs> <laughs> Now, after that scene, this is where we get into the real life of some football players. Uh, we go upstairs, and um, you know, again, we we brought up you know before we go to this upstairs scene with the titties. Everyone's waiting for the titties. I know y'all waiting for the titty part. Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and finish up that little scene. She. Willie's girlfriend literally puts her hand out for one of them to shake her hand, and they don't even look at her barely, um, especially Lauren Hawley. Uh, a couple of the other girls do, but Lauren Hawley is just, you know, you heard how bitchy she was, doesn't even care, just ugh, doesn't even matter till you're married. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like we said, she tried. She did her best to try to fit in with everybody, just didn't work. Then we go upstairs, um, and it is a party <laughs> upstairs. We got titties out. Um, coke. L Cool J's up there doing coke off of titties, sneezing on titties. Bill Bellamy's getting... For the record, we're not judging anybody in this scene. No! No, Bill Bellamy's up there getting a blowjob. Um, nah, it's mostly visual, but what the hell? We're sitting here. We're it's late. Let's fucking do it. 
which is uh, Julian. I don't know why they call him Orville. Uh, anyone? Anyone? I, I mean, uh, J-Man. I was calling him as Julian J-Man. Yeah, and she yells Orville at him. But, uh, you know, yeah, it wasn't that one of Wright Brothers or something? Uh, <laughs> Over Redenbacher? Uh, Redenbacher. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, fuck, I want popcorn now. Maybe they wanted people to go get popcorn. Maybe. Maybe they, uh, subliminally, you're like, oh, I need some popcorn. Man. Just from those few scenes right there, you wonder why they didn't get the NFL's consent, huh? Because mm. it's what really goes on. Uh, yeah, that might be a, that's a very good point, Weebs. <laughs> Is this why? Um, this scene right there might have actually been the fucking crusher for him. Uh, or oh, in a limo, right, Boxman? Uh, my limo. <laughs> they would have loved my limo. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, they're up there, some titties out, but, uh, you know, Bill Bellamy is telling that story about his sausage. A girl is literally blowing him. Uh, that's the girl at the end yelling, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Um, but finally the mayor does meet Willie Beeman. Finally. Um, I should have played the rest of that because <laughs> fucking Vladimir asks an old lady what she does for dick. That's a great part in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm backing up a little bit. I'll play the I'll play the rest of this. Hold on a second here. From here after the chick yells fuck you is where the rest of this comes in. So hold on a minute here. I'll play it from here. Hold on. Here we go. Wait. 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 Now. You are the future of football now, son. No, no, you are a model for your people now, Willie Beeman. A black man unafraid. Stand tall. Give me some love. <laughs> You're pretty cool, too, man. Thank you. Willie, it's great to see you again. You're welcome. Good to see you, too. You married? I'm between marriages. Between marriages? What do you do for dick? <laughs> This is a waste of my time. I come up with the edge we need, the stats, the probabilities, each week. I'm not going to waste another season under Tony. You won't, okay? I promise. I'm actually glad I played that because that was actually a little important scene there where you see Nick is, uh, again, the offensive coordinator, sort of bucking for tony's job yeah she paid money to bring him in from minnesota mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now you find out why um and in the end of the movie we'll find out what happens with nick but yeah nick uh obviously is sort of uh, bucking for tony's job and uh that's another sort of uh important part that does get played out in the end but um you know, it just shows everybody fucking partying in this 
partying, partying, partying. But again, you know, Christina is, uh, and again, Cameron Diaz is just sort of trying to get, talking to the mayor, trying to get that new stadium. Um, But, you know, this is uh, also another scene where, where Tony is talking to and Margaret, uh, and of course she's drunk again, but, um, you know, he's talking to her, they're dancing around, and this is where Cameron Diaz sort of shows her soft side for Tony a little bit, you know, even though they had their little argument, she shows him that little bit of a soft side, uh, I'm not gonna play that scene, I do want to play the scene after that, though, where Willie is at his apartment with, uh, his girl and they're arguing and uh let's go ahead and play this scene real quick introduce her to the mayor huh could you damn sure didn't introduce me after all these years i've been with you what are you talking about i'm not worried about them i'm not thinking about the mayor i'm not thinking about them crackhead assholes the only thing i am thinking about is the game what are you saying willie I don't look so good to you anymore. I'm not saying that. You know, to be in college or a college graduate, you plumb dumb. So what Heather Sanderson said, listen, if Cindy Bruce said, listen, Willie has a winner. Fuck! You gonna come at me while I'm dealing with this shit? Then get the fuck out. Willie! Get your hands off me. What the fuck is wrong with you? What, you gonna hit me now? I wanna hit you. I see you, you, Willie. You're turning into one of them shits, just like everybody else on that team. I'm gonna call your mama. You gonna call my mama? Girl, look, don't let my success go to your head, bitch. Bitch? Yes. You go find you one of them college nerdy type motherfuckers that you can hang out with. What you worried about me for anyway? A hype-educated ass. Yes, you're right, Willie. I am educated. And your dumb country ass can't even read a fucking Mm -hmm. playbook. You know what you can do? You can take your football, since it's the only ball you got Mm -hmm. anyway, and stick it up your stuck-up ass, because my beautiful ass, you won't be seeing anymore. I'll be at Darlene's house, because you know what? She might fuck better than you, bitch. Get your dyke ass on out of here anyway. I got a dyke. Fuck you. You know what? You got a nasty mouth on you, too, girl. I'm glad I found that out. I don't want you around my kids with that goddamn cussing and shit. Fuck you, big ass bitch. There you go. There is the fight. Good fucking scene, man. Not not the greatest fight in the world, but uh, the girl says some pretty, pretty, pretty hardcore shit. Um. But yeah, yeah, that was the fight. And again, where you can see where uh, Jamie Foxx's head is swelling here. He's getting more famous as this goes. Um, and uh, real before we get to the next scene, which is um, the little speech that uh, Tony D'Amato, when he tries to connect with him on the plane... I want to uh, take a quick break. I got to pee and get more beer. (laughs) So we're going to take a real quick break. Hope that's okay. And uh, we will return with the rest of this goddamn movie. All right. Be right back. All right. We're back. And uh, we were just about to get to the scene where Pacino was sitting down in the airplane with uh, Beeman, Jamie Foxx. He's trying his best to um, connect with him, be sort of a 
a father figure, I guess you guys would say. Like a mentor. Like a mentor. Mm -hmm. There you go, Anthony. Much better word than I was saying. Trying to be a mentor to him. Um, And Jamie Foxx sort of shuts him down a little bit. Not a little bit. Basically shuts him down completely. Um, I'll go ahead and play the scene. It's the only way to really give it the context it deserves. So here we go. Mind if I uh, sit down for you? What you listening to? Rap. Anyone I know? Trick Daddy? Yeah. You know what? Sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You ever listen to jazz? You know, Coltrane, Monk. Miles Davis, no. Billy Holiday. I'll get to the old stuff once. Well, maybe I'll uh, put together a tape for you. My C- favorites. CDs. CDs. Ah, yeah. Well, we forget about that. <clears throat> How about your mom? Is she ever going to come to a game? Church. She thinks that Sundays is for church. You know, uh, maybe you don't know this about me, but I lost my dad when I was young, too. World War II. So, if you ever want to talk about that kind of stuff, I'm around, okay? Okay. So you, you see here, he's he's doing his best to try to connect with them, try to do something. But Willie shuts him down. I mean, completely closes him out. Like, doesn't even give a shit. <clears throat> um, you know, obviously that, that, that'll change later. But, you know, it's just obviously, you know, we said before, Willie's starting to get that big head, that ego, that... Uh, sort of, you know, bravado that he shouldn't have. Um, and yeah. again, he's changing plays, uh, shows him one, you know, like I said, once again, he's changing plays right in the huddle. Uh, coach is still confused as shit by it, but he's doing it. Um, I mean, later on, Sean did say your dumb ass can't read a playbook, so I mean, yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, you got that right. Um, now in this game, in, in this one game here that they're playing against the Knights, uh, the, the Jim Brown gives one hell of a fucking speech. Uh, <laughs> here. Yeah, you gotta play. I will. Hold on one sec. Here it goes. Doing it fast on your left, boy. Don't make me wait. Oh, one. That's in a few seconds. Just let it go. No, I must be fucking body, Celeste. Shit, I don't think beat me at either. Oh, I got the outside backer. You got the nose. Nice. Face. It's fake that you are a bunch of lowbrow, Neanderthal shitheads. They think they are gonna gut you and leave you laying on the highway with your insides hanging out. Turn the goddamn buzzes and eat your no playing asses. Coach, you gonna have a stroke. I don't get strokes, motherfucker. I give them. There goes another. I don't get strokes, motherfucker. I. Give them. 
Jim Brown is a bad motherfucker. Um, but I mean, you've got, you know, after that scene, you know, with Willie changing the plays, you've got him and LL Cool J down there fighting on the, on the sidelines. Uh, another player gets hurt. D'Amato's freaking out, Tony. Uh, D'Amato's freaking out and uh, just kind of holding him back. This is where Dick Butkus, uh, is in here, uh, as the opposing coach. Which, come on, you can't have a true football movie without Dick, Dick Butkus. I mean, really, can you? Yeah. No, no, it's just not possible. <laughs> not pop, not, it's not fucking possible. And, and let's be honest, like, but I, I guess, you know, obviously by the time this film came out, Vince Lombardi had long passed away. Oh, yeah. He, you can't get him. Dick Butkus is the next best thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lombardi passed away in 1970, so... Yeah. You know, that's, that's yeah, long passed away, like you said. Um, but, you know, I mean, even D'Amato's getting pissed at Jim Brown. You know, they'll sit there and make faces, fucking fix it. Uh, but uh, this is where, yeah, fuck it, let's go. They're leaking, you don't know where. Fix it, goddammit. Don't scream, yell, make faces, all that bullshit. Fix it. Fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Yes, I played that just to play Dick Butkus calling him a faggot. <laughs> um, but there you go. Uh, I had to play that part. A faggot walks into a bar. I had to play it just to play that part right there. Um, but again, beaming again. Gaining steam. You like that? Yeah. Steam. Gaining steam. Uh, That'll that'll come into play a little later, obviously. But yeah, he's definitely gaining steam. But also during this, he's... The whole time he's doing this, it's sort of him and... uh, Him and Bill Bellamy sort of get a little connection in this movie. And... um, But who he's not throwing to is Julian. LL Cool J. And he's getting a little pissed about that. Again, he doesn't get his uh, he doesn't get his money if he doesn't get his yards. So he needs to get the ball. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, you know they're showing you know Cameron Diaz is happy with the way Willie's playing. She doesn't give a shit if he's changing plays. Just make sure they're fucking winning. That's all she wants, and that's all she cares about. Again, we've sort of established it's a business to her. Nothing more, nothing less. Money, money, money. Uh, but they do win this game. They're all feeling good. Um, you've got the the fucking defense jacked up motherfuckers playing Metallica. I wouldn't fuck with these dudes, man. Uh, And again, we get Andrew. That motherfucker is huge. But again, we just, right there, I just saw Marty Wright. Three times I've seen him now in this movie. Um, You just don't realize it's him without his fucking boogeyman makeup on. All right. And the fact that he still had, this is obviously years for his wrestling career, we've got his teeth knocked out. Uh, Yeah, and uh, he has teeth. Well, he doesn't smile. So, you know. But, uh... Christina walks down to the um, 
locker room here. And, uh, I mean, literally, bunch of fucking naked dudes, and she walks down to the fucking locker room. Yeah, I could have did without this scene. Yeah, she's greeted by a footlong. Hey, you jealous, Anthony? <laughs> Listen, I ain't gonna lie, I am. <laughs> that was a that had to be a stunt penis. That uh, stunt dude, th- that guy had to have gotten like a, uh, there had to be a fluffer there. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on, <laughs> Mandingo, fucking man, fucking Mandingo over there. Oh. God damn it! Uh, I'm not wearing my credits better than his. Yeah, hey, I. I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play this. Are you are you implying that Oliver Stone may have hired some uh, young interns or some, or some young stagehands to uh, keep the boys happy? I would never <laughs> imply that. Never, 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 <laughs> never, never. There, yeah, might have been a diva backstage or two. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's. Um, I'm gonna play this part because <laughs> what Willie says to Cameron Diaz is pretty fucking funny, but as she's walking towards Willie is pretty funny too. So uh I'm just gonna play the whole fucking part. So let's go. Um, Clark? Hey, what's up? Great game, huh? appreciate it, appreciate yeah, it. thanks guys. Hey, where's B Minute? Uh, okay. Down in the air, Okay. Appreciate it. Hey, how's it going? Hey Cap. JJ, great game. Looking really good out thanks there. Thanks a lot. Pete, don't stiffen up on me. Beeman. Hey. <laughs> Congratulations. You were great today. Really exciting to watch out there. Well, you know, I... Uh... You know, before we get into this, is that tattoo on him a real tattoo? The two guns with cocked in the middle on his back? Nah, no, I don't think so. You don't think so? You think I that's think for the movie? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think it's just for the movie. All right, all right. Because, yeah, he has a tattoo in this movie of two guns on his back, and it says, cocked. So, <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and play this now. No, I don't BS Miss Pagnici. Uh, you do it to me. I was wondering if we could go out for a drink or something. Hey. I'm flattered, Willie. Really, I am. But I've never dated players. It's the wrong impression. I guess you're saying you're influenced by what other people think. I think we all are in business. And it's, um, Pagnici. Guys. All right, there you go. He even hits on the owner. Uh, I think this shows the ego and the, the the the. I mean, he's obviously young, which they 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 point out in the movie. Um, but you know, it just sort of shows that he's getting a little too uh, too big for his britches. Yes, I guess. Or jockstrap as he was or wearing. Or right? jockstrap as he was wearing. <laughs> but um, this is also. Oh, I wish his name was Randy in this movie. So I can make that joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I, I pictured this conversation 
going down 93, 94 range. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Could be. Uh, this is where Coach does find out that um, Beeman is switching the plays in the huddle. Um, here. Let's do it. Got this whole ad campaign ready to go the moment I hit 2,000 yards. But it's ABC, man. I don't get the ball. I don't get my stats. I don't get my money. And I like getting my money, this coach. This team isn't about your damn stats. It's a winning attitude, Jay. How much you paying that 300-pound blocker? Let him block. Because they sure can't run. Not like I can. Hey, hey, J-Man's got a point. Beeman ain't doing his homework. He's not reading the playbook. He ain't coming in to see the films. He, he doesn't even know the names of the defense that he's facing. I mean, he's... He don't give a gee whiz about anybody. He just wants to make... Can I ask one question? I don't know if anybody knows this, but... Why does... Uh, Dennis Quaid's character not ever curse in this movie? When the word fuck is said almost 117 times. Well, gee whiz. Well, he's trying to keep it professional he in class. He doesn't give a gee whiz about anything. <laughs> I mean, he's a hero to the people. He's Captain Jack Rooney. All right. All right. All right. And it, it's just weird because if you've ever seen any James Wood movies, he's far from a clean-cut type of character. Well, this is Dennis Quaid. I mean, he's played in plenty of movies where he's cussed and you know yelled and screamed. But, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, I'll finish it up. He's young, Cap. He doesn't know how to read like you. You mean he's young? Come on, Crozier. He just does what he likes. He's changing the plays in the huddle. The plays that you designed that I love. The guy comes in. He's dissing this play. He's dissing that play. I got a better play. Hey, guys, we won. You know, what's the point here? The point is I'm trying to fucking get paid. That's the point. No, the, the point is if we don't win, you're not going to be able to do your chip and dip commercials, okay? Uh-huh. Oh, what the fuck do you know? You're an offensive coordinator. Crozier. Jesus Christ. Keep your mouth shut. Get this shit straight, coach. I'm with you, man. It's all right, Jay. Any, anything else? Alright. Um this is where Willie finds out uh right after that scene that he has to go to Coach's house after um Oh, Cool J complains about him changing the plays and the huddle and this and that. He finds out he has to go to uh, Coach's house. Uh, he tells Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor basically tells him, oh, you made it. You know, bring flowers, do this. There's going to be a lot of pussy there, this and that. Um, he ribbed him. He did. He ribbed him. Um, he also invites him to a party at his house. Um, so he does both. Um, but he does talk a lot of shit. He ribs, uh, Jamie Foxx pretty good. Um, and you know, it shows after the game, Willie goes out there, he gets an interview and, you know, it's again, showing his, his ego getting to him, you know, uh, you know, the, the, but the, uh, but Lawrence Taylor at one point, you know, they show him and he walks out. And he, here, I'll just play this. Here we go. Hold on. This is easier. Well, I was always a stunt. Y'all just didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole world. Two billion people in China ain't never heard of it. 
Sharks are in the water. Hey, we see Willie. He's doing interviews. He's doing this. He's doing that. A bus drives by. It's got a metrics, uh, uh, you know, bar on it, and Willie's picture is on it. <laughs> and then we get the song. We get the song. Uh, f- uh, before that, they show them all on the beach. They're they're having a party. Uh, you know, they're they're out there. But it shows, uh, you know, they're playing a little beach football game uh, while they're on the beach in Miami here. And uh, Willie's arm is hurting, which is something they don't talk about too much, but they sort of let on that his arm does hurt in this movie. Uh, oh, I know why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, right after that, we do get to the, the, the song. Here we go. So there you go. We got Willie Beeman. He's doing metrics commercials. He's doing this. He's doing that. Um, he's even doing commercials with Cap. Here we go. You should have fought for that superstar line. No. Giving. Team sport. Those are the lines. Meanwhile, honey, you used to do this fight alone. There you go. So we get not only Willie, you know, getting more famous as the movie goes, but Lauren Hawley's getting a little more pissed. Um... Yeah, we go to, you know, then, you know, goes to a practice and uh, this, that. But, um, you know, Cap is finally getting back in the game. Um, This scene here, though, where James Woods is talking to Cameron Diaz is where you really see where she's the scammer. You know, um, I'll play this because once again, it's only way to do it justice. So here we go. Everyone knows herniated discs are iffy. I could recommend. Come on, this is how it starts, huh? Hmm? Don't bullshit me, Tony. I know what you're talking about. I know you your mind works. Rest up. Let the kid take a few games. You know, you were great, but, you know, time marches on. That's not what I'm saying. Heck, you're not. No. I know the game of football. Much. To heck, you're not. See, once again, mm-hmm. his character never cusses in this movie. I would love to ask him why. That's a good catch because I never thought about it. Really? I it, it always fucking kind of uh, it, it always resonated with me. He never once his character was probably the only one not to curse in this movie. Everyone else it really was by design. Maybe it was just to make you know make him stand out, which obviously got the desired effect. Maybe I mean it did. It got a little bit of a, an effect with me, obviously. But I mean, every I, I literally, I think the word "fuck" is said a hundred and seventeen times here. Hold on, I think that was right. Yeah, the word "fuck" is spoken about a hundred and seventeen times in this movie. So he didn't even curse when he argued with his wife. I don't think so. 
Okay. Wolf. I mean, that's the most mad he's gotten, right? Yeah. A wolf. Wolf. Kind of makes me wonder, though. I wonder if that was his call, though. I don't know. Like maybe just maybe just said I want to stand out. After a while, like you know, you hear everybody in the movie fuck this, fuck mm-hmm. that. It start to lose his meaning. But he he stands out by going in the other direction. Well, like I said, that 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 little point always resonated with me that he never cursed in this movie. Um, so uh, I'm gonna go back to this uh back to the scene we were about to play with James Woods and uh, Cameron Diaz. Here we go. Woozy still, he's got bad migraines, post-concussive syndrome. Cross your arms. Don't get a hard on. Don't move. Can you clear him? Listen, the guy's had three concussions in five months. There's just no way to predict what another head hit would do to this guy. But I don't think anything's gonna happen, but I'm not a complete prick, you know? I do have some kind of conscience, all right? I'm not trying to screw him, Harvey, but I'd like to have him in the playoffs. Long term, what do you think? What am I thinking? Bottom line? We'll cut him in the off-season. The word's out. Everyone's seen him take the hits. Nobody's gonna sign a $2 million concussion case. I'd be happy to have his job back at 30% of what he makes. That's if we want him back. He's got four kids, Christina. You do the math, doctor. What, you help save us now? We won't forget a contract time. Okay. Um, maybe another reason the NFL didn't want to join in this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, this scene here is dirty. Um, I mean, just think about it. She's planning on, you know, without telling anyone, cutting cap and keeping Shark in no matter what it takes, even though... I mean, concussions is something, you know, I mean, obviously this show spawned off a wrestling show, so forgive all the wrestling references, but, you know, concussions are a big deal in, in wrestling, but they've become even more of a, a a bigger deal in the NFL. Yeah, which spawned the uh, wrestling lawsuit. Let's not get ourselves. I, absolutely. I mean, NFL and wrestling have have definitely a connection when it comes to the you know the, the way concussions are handled now, uh, as to back then. I mean, and uh, believe it or not, there is a wrestling tie-in with this whole con- concussion talk. Because I was actually doing a little reading today, mm-hmm. and uh, really? your favorite, uh, Baron Corbin. <laughs> Apparently, his heat came from not from social media, but it came from concussion. They found out that uh, he was on a concussion lawsuit for the NFL. Yeah, and uh, yeah, some doctor came in and he started bitching at him and this and that. Um, Apparently, he has the back of the uh, locker room because he he was actually standing up for his fellow wrestler. But uh, yeah, that that was news to me that he was actually involved with the lawsuit. Yeah, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Guy's still a dickhead. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it 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 just shows that. Um, and, you know, obviously this isn't the way that uh, I wouldn't think they can get away with stuff like this anymore. Um, but if a doctor switches an MRI, you know, who knows? I mean, ethics and morals are out the window. Man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, you know, they when... Got, that got to go against some type of HIPAA law or and, something. 
you know, when when an owner says to you, what you save us now, we won't forget it, bonus time, that's basically saying what you save us, we're going to pay you. Yeah. You know, that could be millions in the NFL. Millions. Literally. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, that's, that's fucking... That's big money, guys. That's not uh, that's nothing to fucking sneeze at. Um, but uh, I don't know. This scene is really shitty, and it 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 rounds out a lot of the movie. Um, after this, it's a pretty big foreshadowing part of the movie. Um, but again, now we get more titty. We get uh, Al Pacino in his room with Elizabeth Elizabeth Berkeley again. Great shot of her ass. Uh, we see some titty, nice titties. She does have nice tits. Mm-hmm. She has beautiful tits. Um, but we also have. Man, I almost want to play this just because of what uh, Jamie Foxx is saying in this whole scene. Man, how do I do this? Because this goes all the way to Shark's party. We'll break this up. Let's 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 play some of this. Um while this while Pacino is uh getting his What did you say that? Getting his um Jamie Foxx is doing an interview with the um what's his name's name in here Jim Rose mm-hmm. Jim Rose uh and he's again we talked about the ego the big head he's talking a lot of shit about his team here um this is going to be a tough one to play like i said it runs into sharks party but I want to play some of that, too, because Shark's Party is a big part of the movie, too. Um, but I want to go right after here. Here we go. We got uh, Tony laughing a little bit, and then we'll get into it. I like going downfield, Jack. I mean, that's my game. I open it wide open. Uh, that's what the fans want. A lot of old times don't dig it. What is this? Stone Age? Is that what you just said to me? Yeah, I didn't think it was. It's up and it's good, baby. <laughs> That's just a little nickname that I give him. I don't mean any disrespect. Tell me about your path. Where, where did you start? Well, I started out in Houston, but you know, the coach down there, he didn't really dig the idea of a black quarterback. I guess he felt our brains was no bigger than the tip end of his <laughs> And then went to San Diego. I got a coach who's a genius, makes me a cornerback because he felt that I had quick feet. No, wait, leave him on. He's cool. I end up getting injured. Cool. So that yeah. was that year, and then the third year, I was at Washington. Thinks he's Joe Montana, right? They didn't know what the that was. Yeah, so that was a lost I mean, He just, he doesn't buy into the bullshit, you know? I like his eyes. Life ain't fair, and fair ain't what I'm here for. He's sure of himself. It makes him sexy. I'm glad I'm old. Check all right. All right, so you see he's he's already, you know, kind of talking shit, this and that. Um, but you see the fans like him. Uh, we said before, uh, you know, the owners want more of a fan's game. And that's who he's appealing to. 
but it doesn't mean much to uh, you know anyone else except the owners, the people who are making the real money. Uh, not that the players aren't making money. I'm not saying that, but you know that's who it means more to the people who are selling the merch, the this and that. Um, but you know, in, while he's doing this little interview, he's pissing off the players. Jamie Foxx is, um, and I'll keep playing a little bit. God damn, we could play this whole fucking movie, couldn't we? Here we go. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a conspiracy. Are you saying that black people are being dissed in this league, Willie? I mean, I see what you do. You're doing them, that media spin or whatever that y'all do. But let's talk about the facts. I mean, 70% of the people in this league is African-American. But how many black coaches do you have? Very few. Very few. How many black owners? None. Zero. Right. At what point does the Uncle Tom feel come into it? Not my language. It is your language, because we didn't speak this language when we got here. But Coach Stone Age? <laughs> I mean, your smack is so fresh. I mean, it's so on time and truthful. Give me a pound, dog. Come on. Share the love. I'll, I'll pass on the love, dog. <laughs> you get it started, okay? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll pass the part where Tony tries to uh, move the hooker into his house. Um, <laughs> Housewife. Yeah, it can't turn a hoe into a housewife. Um, but I do want to bring up the robe he has on is like a boxer robe. Yeah. I almost thought this was kind of like a shot at De Niro for like Raging Maybe. Bull or something. I don't know, man. Well, I mean, the motto is based off of Cus the model, right? The trainer? Oh, Boxing yeah. Trainer. That's probably where it, where it, that, you know what? Yeah. You know what? You probably just nailed the reference of the boxing robe he has on. There you go. Weebs fucking nails it. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. How's that? But, uh, yeah, Tony does try to move in <laughs> Elizabeth Berkeley, But uh, she sort of shuts him down. I don't need to, I don't need to play this part. But um, the interview does continue <laughs> and uh Willie continues to piss off the the whole team um trying to figure out where it continues here all right this is where Willie walks okay after that actually it doesn't continue this is where Willie walks into Tony's house this scene here, I'll get past the beginning, but uh, when they get into the meal, uh, Tony cooks them some jambalaya. <laughs> we'll leave it at that for now. Um, he does bring flowers like uh, Shark said. He does everything Shark said and realizes he's been ribbed. But the once they get into dinner... Now, real quick, I want to bring up, this is the scene where they're watching Ben-Hur on TV. Um, and they do flash back to this a lot. But, uh, again, Charlton Heston does have a, a part in this movie, and he did did play Ben-Hur in the movie. But um, Gladiators, we brought that up at the beginning of the show, that these guys are modern-day Gladiators. Uh, and this scene really kind of tries to drive that home the gladiator theme of the movie. 
Um, but I guess I can go ahead and play it from here. This is going to be long. We may pause it in between a little bit, but this scene is... And, you know, Jamie Foxx always said that he was just so scared during this scene because he had to disrespect Al Pacino. And even, even, even as a character, he said it was still tough to do because it's Al Pacino, <laughs> you know? So I'm going to go ahead and play it from here, though, because... Um, they do talk about the gladiators and, you know, this and that. So here we go. Let's roll. Ah, oh, the gladiators of the time, huh? Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. I don't really cook so well, but you got to try this jambalaya. Ready? Yeah, I'm always ready, Coach. This is my recipe. Sort of. I like it. It's hot. <laughs> we got to talk about some basics. You get me to yell at me, man. No, no, come on. The cap going down was really tough on me. I realize you're just learning the system. Pressure's got to be incredible. No, I know you can't, man. If the playbook is too complicated, we simplify it. Playbook's too slow. When I'm on the field, I just got to feel it. I gotta let it out. That way you've been changing the plays? No, I'm just trying to read the defense. I'm not talking about audibles. I'm talking about in the huddle. Look, when you change plays, you're showing disrespect to a lot of people in this organization. People who have worked over years in this club, around this league, people sacrifice more than you'll ever know to be in I'm trying to win, coach. I ain't trying to disrespect nobody, but winning is the only thing I respect. Okay, son. I want you to listen very carefully. Because one day you're going to realize this is the truest thing you ever heard. This game. This game has got to be about more than winning. You're part of something here. Lombardi, Tittle, Sammy Bohr, Unitas, hundreds of great players. Those men on the wall. You're part of that now. Along the way, I want you to cherish it because when it's gone, it's gone forever. You know, when I look at them pictures and trophies and stuff, it just makes me sad. It's like a room full of ghosts. When I'm done with this game or the game is done with me, I don't want to be no ghost on the wall. I want to be more than that. Now, real quick, they bring up one name in this movie, Johnny Unitas. Mm -hmm. um, he is one of the opposing coaches in this movie. Yes. And um, I, I just wanted to real quick throw that out there while the name was brought up so we didn't have to you know, bring it up out of context <laughs> anywhere else. But you know, that was one name. And like I said, you know, Vince Lombardi obviously got brought up. And uh, Johnny Unitas, again, was a, was a coach in this movie. I believe he was the, the coach in the... Um, Right after this scene, the the game they play, the night game, I believe that's him. Um, but yeah, let's uh, again. This scene is just amazing. So let's roll. A cap is going to make it back in time for the playoffs. What? Almost on him. I knew that's that's the only reason you got me here. I knew you was going to sell me out. Cap's a leader. 
He's a team player. That's bullshit. Need a that team is such bullshit. He ain't half the athlete I am. You look me in the eye and tell me that Cap is a better player. Cap's a better player. I guess I was somebody else out there winning them last two games, huh? I put the points on the board. He lost four in a row. I, I lead by doing it. You kicked ass. Yeah, kid. I did. But I'll tell you something. Cap Rooney's been doing it for years. And his time is over. And yours is too, unless you start taking some risk oh. and start playing this game the way it's played today. It is not about the pitches hey, and trophies. Are I lived no this game for three decades, kid. I know football. Now those men on the wall, they wanted to win, just like you do. You can feed the press and the fans that whole sacrifice and glory of the game crap. You do it well, but I've been there. I've seen a long line of coaches just like you all the way from college with that same old bullshit halftime speech. Bullshit. Yes. Is that what you Yes, it's bullshit. You know what you want, know it's man. bullshit because it's about the money. Breaking in the TV contracts, fat cat boosters sitting in the skyboxes, the coaches trying to up their salaries. And the whole time, what you looking for? You looking for the next black stud to take it to the top ten. Get you in a bowl game. It's the same way in the pros. Except in the pros, the field hands get paid. Come on, don't play that race card on me, kid. 25 years I work with men of your color. Maybe it's not racism, maybe it's placism. Brother has to know his place, right, boss? I don't understand what you're talking What are you talking about? You don't trust anybody because of what happened to you in college? Come on, Willie. You knew the rules. You were the one that broke them. Broke them? Yeah. How'd I break them? How'd you break them? I you lost, broke them. That's how you I broke lost them. a million dollar signing bonus because I took a $300 suit from a booster to go to this kid's wedding. I didn't even know the guy. What is a brother supposed to do when he in college? Huh? He ain't got no money. He want to go out on a date. want to get some nice clothes. Everybody had their hands out, but it was me they suspended. I dropped six rounds in the draft because of that. And then the coaches labeled me, oh, well, he's a troublemaker. He arrogant. He don't want to play no ball. And you talk about sacrifice. I sacrificed almost $10 million because dumb rednecks like your coaching friend in San Diego made me a cornerback because he said I got quick feet. He's the one that separated my shoulder, had me out there tackling 250-pound motherfuckers. I don't do that kind of shit. I was a great football player. But nobody gave me a time or a day or a season to let my shoulder heal, and then they just traded me out of there. That's right. You go ahead. Blame everybody but yourself, Willie. Whatever. You see, because that's what a leader's about. Sacrifice the times he's got to sacrifice because he's got a lead by example. Now, I, I just want to pause real quick and bring up now during this whole argument, they're, they're flashing <laughs> scenes again, they're cutting scenes in this movie at an amazing rate. Um, between the Ben Hur movie, clips of that, and practices of you know, Willie and this and that. But it's just, I mean, this argument is just so fucking intense between the two of them. And I've always wondered, Pacino's delivery is sort of calculated. I, I, I don't want to say slow, but calculated. And if you listen to Jamie Foxx, how fast he talks, it's it, it's a little weird in this scene, but... Somehow the two made it work, but, you know, that's Pacino making shit work. Um, you saying the nervousness kicked in for Jamie Foxx? I don't know, man, but if you listen to him, how fast he's talking. I mean, he's talking a mile a fucking minute. You know, but it sounds good, but, I mean, you know, if, if you're angry, you're going to be talking like that anyway. But, I don't know, it's just a weird, different delivery, so... 
I don't know. Let's roll with the rest of this fucking scene. It's not much longer. Not by fear and not by self-pity. Who you think you're talking to? Half of my football career is over. Hey, you want me to go back to the bench to sacrifice for the greater glory? I can't believe well, fuck you, coach. I ain't buying your brand. Just because you're some scared old man. You feel like if I play my way, I just might win. And then what the fuck was your life about anyway? You're not some flash in the pan, corner or receiver, or even Julian Washington. You're a goddamn quarterback! You know what that means? It's the top spot, kid. It's the guy who takes the fall. It's the guy everybody's looking at first, the leader of a team, who will support you when they understand you, who will break their ribs and their noses and their necks for you because they believe because you make them believe. That's a quarterback. Yeah. I'm the leader of your team. Took Caps back up. Then I'm back on the bench. Shit, you ain't said two words to me. Till Cherubini went down. Then it was, go out there and... and Play like you're in the hood, and you're throwing the ball, and your mama's ringing the dinner bell. All you do is talk at me, man. So I'm going to stay who I am, steaming Willie Beam. And with the time I got left, I'm going to play my way, get my dollars up. So when you go to waive me, trade me, injure, reserve me, or whatever the fuck y'all do, I'll be worth ten times what I was worth before I got here. You're very, very young. And you're very, very stupid. There we go. That was the, I mean, I don't know, an amazing scene. Definitely. I mean, just, you know, Pacino just, you know, showing what an amazing actor he is. But Jamie Foxx fucking really letting it out there, man. Um... And again, that couldn't have been an easy scene having to do that with fucking Al Pacino sitting there. I mean, the fucking man. You know, I, I'm sure these actors don't get as starstruck as, you know, you know we would, but... <laughs> fucking Pacino, man. You know? But, uh, yeah, and that, that's... The, the, again, we're, we're seeing Willie being the the cocky egotistic, uh, steaming Willie Beeman, you know, um, he kind of does have a gimmick in this. I mean, this, his character is, you know, steaming Willie Beeman. That's his gimmick. And steaming Willie Beeman's a heel. I mean, you actually find out why his shoulder's hurting and why he doesn't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you do. You find out a lot in this scene that he mentioned um, you heard a little bit of mention of that in the interview he did. Um, you know, he said, you know, you know, when I was in college, this happened, this happened. But we found out how his shoulder got fucked up. We found out that he broke the rules and that he got in trouble and why he's a third string quarterback instead of, uh, you know, some kind of running back or something. Um, so that little that scene there really answered a lot of questions 
that some people may have had in the movie, but it really did. It, it was a very impactful scene for tons of reasons. Um, but again, like I said before, the scene does go into Shark's party uh, that he's having, and Willie at Shark's party continues his egotistical shit talking, and it uh, leads to Shark cutting his car in half. Um, pretty cool fucking part in the movie. Never seen a car be cut in half before in a movie. Amazing. Huh? Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's he's basically up there saying, you know, if the defense would do their job, we wouldn't be losing games, and I'm the one, you know, doing this and doing that. And, uh, you know, like I said, Shark cuts his car in half, and, um, you know, the interview is still going on a little bit, but uh, L. Cool Jake goes down to Shark and tells him what he's saying, and that's when Shark goes down and cuts his car in half. But uh, I guess we can play the end scene there where Shark gives the little fucking speech. Here we go. an awesome New York pass rush coming at you this weekend. When you're out there, is the raw fear in the belly? The is the raw terror? The terror? No, I don't feel none of that. It's like uh, they ain't even going to touch me. They're not going to feel me. They're not even going to smell me. I don't care if it's, if it's the T-Rex or the Terminator out there chasing me. I got this invisible juice, and once I turn it on, I'm gone. You know what he's saying? You can't see me! <laughs> Should have just had Cena's music play. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. Um, all right, so there you go. There's that, that, that sort of wraps up the whole interview he was having. <clears throat> but again, in <clears throat> pure Oliver Stone fashion, he's he's doing an interview. He's doing the scene where you know Jamie Foxx and Pacino are having dinner. He's doing Shark's Party. He's doing three things in one scene. You know, again, the, you know, like you said, the controlled chaotic editing of this movie and this, the, the, you know, the, the shooting of this movie. It's, it's just, you have so many things going on in this movie, but it all makes sense. It's, it's the way the movie's put together and it's a great way. Um, we go to his, a, a, a foot, a game after that scene where, uh, they're playing in the pouring fucking rain and, uh, they're getting their asses handed to him. But the reason is because they will not play for Willie. Yeah. He has split the locker room. He has completely divided the fucking locker room. I wouldn't even say divided. Everyone hates him. 
Yeah, I mean, other than, you know, the owner who wants to keep him on. Right. And she's not even, you know, again, um, the owner only cares about how much, you know, merch and shit is selling. Uh, yeah. Who does that remind you of? Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Willie's out there literally just screaming, yelling, saying, you know, you guys want to go down, that's fine. Uh, I'm going to be the one still standing, you know. But, um, you know, even, you know, Dennis Quaid, just, you know, his character Cap just says they won't play for him. And Pacino just says, fuck them, let them learn, then I don't care. Uh, but there is one thing, and we'll get to it just a second here. Um, LL Cool J ends up saying something to him, uh, and I'll, I'll play that scene. Screw it. Let's do it. We I mean, there's certain scenes I I just want to play, man. I can't help it. What's the matter, Damon? Got your invisible juice? yourselves today I'm ashamed to be a coach alright honestly I played that scene to play that scene um you know obviously LL Cool J and you know Jamie Foxx getting a little fight there now I want I want to bring something up a little uh that's kind of funny in that apparently LL Cool J took the on-screen um, heat between them a little seriously. And, you know, he was sort of being a dick. According to Jamie Foxx, uh, LL Cool J took the scripted rivalry between the characters too seriously actually really ended up punching him in the face while they were filming that scene. Um, and they actually had an altercation uh, at another part in the movie where they had to be separated, and Jamie Foxx legit got a cut on his head. Um, Jamie Foxx actually spoke about this in his uh, 2002, uh, to his 2006 uh, Jamie Foxx, I Might Need Security. Um, actually, that wasn't 2002. That was one of his comedy shows. And uh, in 2006, though, he said that they've actually become friends since then. But L. Cool J actually did give him a fucking hell of a punch in yeah, that scene. L. Cool J actually did a diss track on Jamie Foxx, too. So. Really? Yeah, oh, he dissed him. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, actually, another thing it, was... Uh, Warren Moon was the coach in that uh, rain game. Another very good black quarterback. Mm. Hall of Famer, too. Ah, there you go. Um, 
the next scene we go to is Pacino talking to Jim Brown. Um, I got to play this scene too, don't I, Anthony? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, just, All right. <laughs> All right. Jim Brown. Right. It, it's it's but in this scene he brings up the important thing that we were talking about where it, it brings up the difference between the entertainment of the game and the fact that the coaches just want to play football um, and it brings up the fact that television had a lot to do with that difference that divide in the game I guess um, that, you know, and you'll hear him say it, that, you know, the first time they went to commercial, it's that's when the game changed because it was the players' concentration that mattered. Um, so here we go. Life. Game is all that matters to me because it's pure. Four quarters, you cross the line, you score. I am a huge fan of this guy either getting himself a lobotomy or maybe even getting... It's safe. Or a dog or a cat. Life is... Life is fucked. It's a new world, huh? I mean, in my day, we used to just be happy to get the goddamn job. I mean, I used to shovel liquor in the off-season, you know, sell used cars, insurance... Some of the guys just even wrestle. <laughs> but shit, now, prima dogs, bodies that are year-round great, but crack, just like China. <laughs> it's TV. Change everything. Change the way we think forever. I mean, the first time they stopped the game to cut away to some fucking commercial, that was the end of it. Because it was our concentration that mattered, not theirs, not some fruitcake selling cereal. Well, who wants to be thinking about blitzers and cross blocks when you're holding your grandkids in your arms? You're gonna miss your friend screaming in your face, embarrassing you in front of your players? That's why I want to coach high school. Get back to the basics. Kids don't know nothing. They just want to play. Like you said, Tony. It's pure. There you go. That, that, you know, pure was used a lot in that little com- conversation, I guess, with those two. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, basically, like I said, he said it right there. As soon as they cut away to commercial the first time, that's when, you know, it made a difference. But, you know, and Jim Brown even said he wanted to get back to high school, you know, teach those kids. They don't know nothing. They just want to fucking play. Um, just Do what? I was saying it was kind of weird because, I mean, I, I get like, like you know, once again, going back to the wrestling analogy, mm-hmm. wrestling evolves. So you can kind of get, you know, the TV versus entertainment versus the purity. It has to evolve. You can't do wrestling like it was in the 60s mm-hmm. and 70s a day. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't work. But you would think with something like football, it kind of um, is basically the same core concept of the game. So I can kind of get where he's coming from, like being wanting to be more traditional with it. Yeah, I can see it, too. 
I mean, but 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 you know, it, it it just goes to show how the how the coaches feel about the game and how the owners feel about the game. It's basically Vince McMahon and Ric Flair. You know, Vince thinks it's a business. Flair lives the gimmick and just wants to fucking you know he'd still be in the ring today if if he was allowed. You know why he'd be still be in the ring? Because he ain't dead yet. He ain't dead yet, motherfuckers. <laughs> but you know that that that's basically what I'm saying. I mean, there's you know the, the coaches are about the game. That's they love the game, and the owners are about the the money, the merch, the the ticket sales, the everything else. And, you know, I know that's how it should go. That's the way a business is. But, you know, passion for the game is obviously one of the things that they really try to drive home in this movie, that the the coaches and the players love the game, and that's why they're doing what they do. That's why they make the decisions to play to play hurt to play you know when they're sick to go out there and kick ass the way they do and again we've brought up the fact that they've said many times in this movie modern day gladiators you know so the the players think of themselves like that and the owners think of them as uh money making pawns yeah, commodities. They're basically commodities to be bought and sold. And yeah. once you kind of outlive your usefulness to you, they kind of send you off to pasture. Yeah, they're 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 stock, live stock. Hmm. NFL players back in the day really worked nine to five jobs when they were off season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah. Jim Brown said, I mean, how many wrestlers we we probably got some fucking people because of that. George Daniel Steele was a teacher until, you know, the summer, then he wrestled. Yeah, I mean, hell, Ron Simmons, football player. Even JBL, football player. Shane Douglas is big on telling people, go get an education and a job if you didn't wrestle, you know? Yeah, I mean, shit. Everybody, you know, everybody had their thing, but, you know, that scene there just, just was basically trying to narrow down the fact that the coaches and the players have the passion and the the owners and the and the t- and and the networks are in it for themselves you know and Jamie Foxx's character kind of like played it right down the middle mhm exactly he, he loved the game but at the same time I, you know he was let's be honest for the first half of the movie he was like a scrub mm-hmm. he didn't really he was like kind of like uh inconspicuous you didn't really think he was going to be anything but once he started to get that rub and it started to go to his head he became wanting to be more of a tv star than the actual football player yeah yeah absolutely um and that brings us to the next scene where it's the scene where shark gets the news of his mri um the real news not the news from um james woods uh, and God damn it! I gotta play this scene too. I've gotta do it. Uh, here we go. There's no telling. It's a odontoid fracture. Basically, Luther, you broke your neck and it never healed correctly. Well, it's hard to predict this kind of thing. But what I can say is that the wrong kind of hit 
could result in paralysis, seizures, even sudden death. <laughs> what else is new? In my opinion, he is not medically fit to play. Right now, I need one sack and three more tackles, and I get my bonus. Then we'll talk, okay, motherfucker? Come on, Luther. Have you ever seen an old punch-drunk boxer stumbling around drooling with no memory of what he's done in his life? You want that life, Luther? Coach, you need me against Texas, don't you? Don't you? Of course I need you against Texas, but not, not, not at this price, no. For a million dollars, I would shake like a coconut on a tree if I got to. Coach, I gave you 13 years. You can give me one. Football's my life, Coach. It's my life. That's all I know how to do. Please, man. Come on, Coach, please. You have to sign a waiver, Shark. <laughs> Bring it on, man. Bring it on. Coach. All right. Um, wow. Just basically goes to show you, um, and I know we've, we've, we've brought a lot of wrestling uh, references up tonight, but, you know, this was the mentality back then, back in the days of wrestling too. Work hurt or you lose your spot. And that's mm -hmm. that's the same mentality these guys have. You know, you've got to do it. You got to get out there. You've you've got to make your bonus. It's all about your bonus to this guy. Um, and again, we brought up the you know gladiators. This is driving that point home that these guys are willing to play hurt, uh, even in the chance of death. You know, these guys are willing to play. Um, you know, I'll tell you the truth. The more we go through this movie, the more I realize why the NFL probably didn't want to cooperate, mm -hmm. wanted nothing to do with this movie. Um, it really would paint them in a good light. Yeah, because Shark's neck injury was based on, you know, a real thing, Mike Harden case. So, I mean, well, if you think, actually, you know, I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, the first person you I think about when I see this and hear this is Steve Austin. Yeah, I mean, Owen Hart broke his neck and it never healed correctly. Yeah, and then, then he had to change his style of wrestling and everything. Mm -hmm. It cut his career short. Mm -hmm. Definitely cut his fucking career short. Think about Daniel Bryan now. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and and think about it. If he had a, if Daniel Bryan had a came along about fifteen years earlier, mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. You can I can picture Austin and Nick having that conversation. Come on, this is all I got. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Put me back in the game. I, I could literally, you know, not only did his neck not have time to heal, but in that time frame, he was never off TV. He was doing different shit. Yes, he didn't have to take bumps. But people forget he was never off TV. No, no, he was still doing everything he could, and you know, I mean, he uh, luckily he he got it fixed, and I mean, he's he's good now. But I mean. You know, think about what could have happened if they had let him, you know, just keep getting back in the ring. I mean, yeah. he physically couldn't, which probably saved his life. Yeah, but, and, and, you know, 
the last wrestling note, I promise, at least for me. Yeah. His last match at uh was it against uh, Rock at Mania nineteen. Mm-hmm. People forget the night before. Collapse. He died mm-hmm. legitimately. Mm-hmm. Like 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 he was like that was it was like a touch and go situation. Yeah. I mean, he was in the fucking hospital with IVs in him that night. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that that match. I mean, forget the match. He, <laughs> we almost lost him that night. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Small miracle. Yep. That even went off without a hitch. Yep. And uh, you know, throughout the movie, we've been bringing up James Woods and uh, how he's sort of the, uh, you know, didn't want um, Matthew Modine digging into what he was doing. Uh, we do find out why in this scene. Uh, he starts off, you know, he's talking to his daughter, and again, I know uh, we've played a lot of this movie, but mm-hmm. it's, this movie, the, the scenes are so, I guess you could say contextual, yeah. that it's, it, I can't do them justice without just playing them, so, hey, once again, one more fucking scene. Here we go. Evil word your mother you said. evil motherfucker! Come over here. Sharks fell. I know what you did, asshole. You switched the results so Powers wouldn't pick up on it, didn't you? I'm going to call you right back, okay? Granted, it could look that way to no, no, a layperson, Tony, but here. these tests... I want you out of here now. Okay. Come on. You're taking the high road, is that it? You Come didn't on, even man. consult with him. He oh. could get killed out there. Well, you I'm... didn't consult with him? I'm going to consult with a player. What are you talking about? I knew his answer. And getting killed, what, maybe, maybe not. One chance in a thousand, but hey, nobody blitzes like the shark, right, Tony? I never want to see you near uh, one of my players again. Come you understand on, Tony, me? They could, never. They couldn't take a piss in the morning without the pills, so come on now, okay. out. Oh, and now you're going to play innocent, huh? Yeah. You know what? Fuck your innocence. Then what about come Bayer? What about Nielstrom and Manziki? Logan and Kraus? Will all these years, have you have I will not have this discussion with you. You don't want to hear the answer? Yeah, Tony, don't you. ask the question. And you, you fucking snitch. Did you ever think about Shark putting food on the table or his kids going to college? You lied to him. Oh. You didn't give him a choice. You've got to give him a choice. It's a doctor's ethics. Yeah, since when? The Hippocratic Oath. Hippocratic Oath. You mean the one that starts, do no harm? With all due respect, doctor, I didn't have to ask him because I knew the answer. Who am I to tell these men they cannot live their dream? They will not live with shame like you. They are gladiators. They are warriors. And long ago, they made that choice. Not you, not you, not me. And I am not going to take responsibility for standing between them Didn't you ever have a dream, Ollie? I'm living it hard. Fuck it. Hey, Tony, we did win the Pantheon, though, didn't we? See you around the old nursing homes. Courtney, let's go. No, I'm going to stay here, Harvey. What? Please. Perfect. Fuck. Okay, stay here and get... Butt fucked by 12 Neanderthals, <laughs> bitch. <coughs> Coach D, what do you say there? A little beauty in the back? my way. That's just great. That's just fucking great. All right. So that goes from the scene where uh, James Wood basically gives his little speech. And again, you heard him there with the gladiators, warriors, um... Again, what this movie is really trying to drive home is that point. The, mm-hmm. the the gladiators, the warriors, the 
the guys who will play, you know, and you know, like like Tony said, who will break their noses, their ribs to to go out there and protect you. Um, that's really the one of the main points this movie is trying to drive home the whole time. You know, but uh, that's another you know uh, another one of the epic scenes in this movie. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, it brings home a lot of the points that we've been talking about in the beginning of the movie of, you know, like I said, the gladiator, the warrior. So, you know, but, um, you know, as we keep going, we remember Willie had the, uh, the big head and, you know, Cap is, uh, like, like he said, he's ready to come back. Um, and he is, it shows him, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's coming back, shows him in practice a little bit, uh, a little skittish, doesn't really want to take any hits, not really wanting to show how bad he's hurting. Um, this is where we get to the scene where Willie Beeman walks into the, uh, steam room after practice and Shark is in there. And, um, he has a, I guess Shark tries to have a heart to heart with him. Um, it's sort of incoherent. (laughs) It's, that's a nice way of putting it. It's the, the writing. It's kind of, I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was funny, but it's also, if you, you know, been watching, staying, staying along, following the storyline. It's kind of sad. It is, and I guess I can, I, I can play it. I'm right here at the scene. Um, there's actually, we could skip through a few, so this isn't going to be much longer because there's a few scenes at this point we could skip through. Um, but um, we'll go ahead and play this one because this is where Shark sort of, uh, again, Willie Beeman walks into the steam room, sees Shark, but sits down anyway, and... Shark has this look in his eye as he's talking to him. Uh, we'll go ahead and play the scene. Here we go. You later, nigga. But did anybody follow me? Let me tell you something. For every suckle makes for every very sentence, for every jury rice. That's a hundred niggas you never even heard of. Sure, the game's taught you how to strut, how to talk shit, how to hit. What else? Suddenly there's no more money, no more women, no more applause. No more dream. This is what I'm trying to say to you, boy. When a man looks back on his life, he should be proud of all of it. Not just years to spend the pads and cleats. Not just memories of when he was great. You gotta learn that will in here. 
If you don't, you're the man. You're just another punk. There you go. The speech by Shark. The voice of reason. Um, the strange voice of reason for this. The guy who used to send escorts to the visiting team's hotels. Exactly. Um, but I, I guess kind of a, a powerful part in the movie because, you know, it's, it's sort of... I'm not going to say it woke Willie up, but... I guess it had something to do with his awakening a little bit later in the movie. He basically said how lucky he is to be in the game, you know? Yeah, yeah. And basically, you know, uh, eventually this, all this, all this glitz and glamour stops and dies down. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, and that's basically what he was telling him, you know, eventually this shit does go away and then what are you going to be? Don't just, you know, don't, don't be known as the fucking douchebag, you know, Build a legacy is kind of what he was telling him. Um, then we go to the next scene, and that scene is where um, Pacino goes to Cap's house. This is where Cap kind of tells him that he's maybe a little more hurt than he was. Uh, they have a good little scene here. I don't, I'm not going to go through this fucking scene. And um, because because really the scene is inconsequential because he starts Cap anyway. Mm-hmm. He does start Cap anyway, so we could sort of go through this scene. Um, you know, but he does tell tell Tony, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I am more hurt. But the, you know, and he goes to tell his wife that maybe it's time for him to start, and again, his wife is Lauren Hawley, Maybe it's time to start backing off a little bit. I guess I can play this scene. Yeah, this one I can play. Give me a sec. I'll back up just a couple seconds here because I'm a little uh, already into it. But, um, yeah, he does try to tell his wife that he needs to... uh, It's time to retire. And uh, like we said, she is the epitome of a football wife. And... uh, Give me one second, I'll play that fucking scene where, uh, Jesus, you want to talk about a fucking raging bitch. (laughs) But you know what? She's still really hot. (laughs) She's still really hot when she's yelling at him. So, (laughs) alright, give me a few more seconds here and I'll play that. Here we go. Right after uh, Pacino's just uh, giving him a little, uh, Way to go, Rock. I don't know why they call him Rocky in this fucking movie so much. But anyway, they do. Um, All right, come on. Here we go. Here we go. What I'm saying is I've got my rings. We took care of our money. And uh, the kids are all right. And we've had a good run. I just think that it's time for me to get out after this season and do what well i talked to a, a guy over at one of the networks you they're are looking a football for somebody player. yeah yeah will you hear me out okay you're a football player jack and you have two or three years left in you cindy 
You are missing the big picture here. There is no big there picture yes, here, sir. Jack. You're the goddamn quarterback for the Miami Sharks. Are you listening you're to anything you're saying? You're a legend, and you're talking right, about quitting? Look, look all what my life, means about everybody's been telling me what, what to do, do ever since college. Me? This you is not means your decision. It is my decision. I will not listen to this bullshit from you. I will not. Damn. All right. Slapped his ass. Uh, again, we should, you know, we've been saying the whole movie, she is the epitome of the football wife. Um, obviously showing she's afraid to lose the money. It's the money she's afraid to be losing. The money, the fame, the glitz, the glamour. Uh, the lifestyle, yeah. The lifestyle, yeah. But, you know, he, he does have a little plan, but... Um, you know, we go on, and Willie is talking to his agent. Uh, that's Dwayne Martin, I believe, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Dwayne Martin. Who, he's done a few things, man. He's another little kind of underrated, under-the-radar kind of guy. Yeah. You know, he's, he shows up in a lot of TV shows, too. And I believe y'all did White Man Can't Jump, and he was in there. Yes, he was. Again, not a huge part, but he was in it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we go to that scene. He's talking to him. And while he's talking to his uh, agent, he sees, and, and he's with uh, some other women, he sees Vanessa. Uh, he follows her into the, uh, you know, he, he basically wants to talk to her. He's telling her, you know, hey, I, I really need to talk to you. And uh, he follows her into the bathroom and, you know, basically has a conversation with her. Um this is where you see sort of the the rebuild of Willie Beeman. Yeah. Sort of. We're starting to see it a little bit. Uh, you know, but um, we do go to another scene, which I probably have to play, where uh, Tony and uh, Cameron Diaz are having a very heated discussion and uh she says some pretty crazy things to him i'll go ahead and roll this i had to find out cindy rooney told me what the hell are you doing starting cap you're gonna just throw him out in the playoffs against the best pass rush in the league that's my starter well, and if we lose this game because and i'm gonna do you one better in the off season, I'm gonna trade Will. That is not your option. This kid of yours may sell a lot of t-shirts, but he is tearing his team well, apart. Well, then you hold it together. I can't. Not with him. Where are you going? You will start Willie on Sunday, you and you will make the adjustment to modern times. You don't tell me what to do. Nobody that. tells Where me what to do. Your father never told me what to do. You're not gonna start, young lady. My father's ass. If we were losing like this, you know. I'm really getting sick and tired of you. Your father was no genius. He only acted like he was one. And he took credit for a lot of things he never did. He at least respected me. And he respected Would the concept you stop using of my the coach coaching and the owner owning. Do you think I can't that even by imagine my father all the time, you won't have right to now, deal with me? my hunch is he'd be ashamed. Do he'd you, be ashamed, you, come on. Why the hell do you think my father put me in charge, a bullheaded moron? He could have made you general manager, but he didn't, did he, Tony? You know why? Because he knew you didn't have the guts 
to do it after he was gone. Tony, he just he couldn't trust you. You got old. <laughs> there you go. Um, Picture a lot of people having this conversation when Vince is uh, no longer. Here, again, this movie really feels like Vince sometimes, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like that whole speech. I mean, once again, I compared it to Stephanie, but I can picture Stephanie having that conversation with someone like a Kevin Dunn type. But then Pacino. His father will be so ashamed. Yeah, but then Pacino throws out, I don't care how many t shirts he sells, he's ripping this team apart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there's there, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of references and. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, like, I mean, for as much as they are competitors technically, there's a lot of similarities. A lot, yeah. Between football and wrestling, there really is. There really is, and it's the similarity. The similarities are more towards the mentality of you know the owner player versus the promoter wrestler yeah you know what i mean so it's it's definitely got a a similarity to it but obviously you know tony's distraught by that i mean how would that make anybody feel obviously fucking horrible um and he does he feels fucking horrible at this point you know he feels horrible but i mean honestly should he be you think, you think he really should have been caught off guard? I mean, it is the guy's daughter. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and, you know, we go on to the next scene. He's talking to uh, Anne Margaret, you know, Cameron Diaz's mom. And you know, he's basically pouring his heart out to her, saying, you know, this and that. And his mom is even telling Tony, hey, let's, she's going to end up selling this team. She wants out, this and that. And uh, it's just killing him. It's just killing him, everything she's saying. But Christine is listening to this conversation. Little does Tony know. Um, but uh, we do go, and this is where we finally get to the last game. This is the uh, pretty. This pretty much is the end of the movie coming up here. Um, we go to the last game. He does, uh, before the game, Tony apologizes to... Uh, Jim Rose, who again is loosely based off of Jim Rome, uh, he apologizes to him publicly, you know, in a little press conference. <laughs> kind of a backhanded apology, but an apology. Yeah. Um, I still think you're a piece of shit, but I'm sorry for calling you a piece of shit, one of those. Mm hmm. Yeah, now this is also where. We see the new doc, doctor of the team get a taste of what these guys are for. Um, you know, he's uh, he's looking at um, um, what's his name? Why do I keep forgetting this guy's fucking name? Lawrence Taylor. He's looking at Shark Levay. Yeah, Shark Levay. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. He's looking at him, and uh, you know, he basically just gave him a shot in the knee. Which, cortisone. which 
God damn, I don't even like this scene at all. I hate needles. But uh, uh, just let's just listen to what he says here. How the headaches? It's fine until you start doing that shit. Your balance? Talking about check balance? Looking P-H-A-T, baby. Fat. Go on, get out of here. You're done. Have another shot, Doc. You don't need it. Doesn't make any sense. Medically. Give a shit about medical, Doc. Give me some of that cortisone shit. Please. So there you go, Matthew Modine getting a little taste of what uh, what James Woods was going through as the doctor there. You know, these guys begging for drugs, begging for things they don't need. But, uh, you know, it implied that he still gave it to him. Yeah. is what it implied. Yeah, he was the uh, doctor Zahorian of the NFL. Yep. Now, this last speech that Tony gives um, must be played. Legendary speech. Legendary. Uh, This is definitely one of the main speeches in the movie that got a lot of... um, And this speech is actually um, based off of a real speech. Give me one sec here. Honestly, would not be surprising to find out this speech was actually played before a certain uh, NFL games. It was. It wouldn't surprise me. It, it, it's, it's that uh, inspirational. Yeah. Yeah, it's in here actually somewhere. Give me one second. Let me see if I can find it. But if not, I'll give it at the end of the movie. But this speech was actually given by somebody, um, a coach to his team. Yeah. Clearly, we. I, w- I think we can safely assume that it wasn't for the uh, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> That's, they, they, their big speeches consist of, "Hey, just do your best." <laughs> yeah, I'll. Uh, you know what? By the end of this, I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll get you where where uh, where he got this from. But uh, here we go. Let's roll this. Hey, really? Three minutes to the biggest battle of our professional lives. All comes down to today. Either we heal as a team, or we're going to crumble. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around, I see these young faces, and I think, I mean, I made every wrong choice a middle-aged man can make. I, uh... I pissed away all my money, believe it or not. I chased off anyone who's ever loved me. And lately, 
I can't even stand the face I see in a mirror. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. Hell yeah. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. <laughs> On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. It's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that itch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now, I can't make you do it. You got to look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now, I think you're going to see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're gonna see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're gonna do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. That's football, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? All right. So there it is. There's the speech. Now, Anthony, you joked this was for the Cleveland Browns. You're right. You are actually 100% correct. This final rallying speech before the playoff game is based on a rallying speech. Real-life NFL coach Marty Schottheimer gave the Cleveland Browns before the 1989 AFC Championship game. Wow. You were right when saying that. Your joke was real life, sir. You dick. <laughs> Great speech, but clearly it never worked. Uh. But, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, hey, look, you know what? It, it, it's kind of like it, that's like the perfect metaphor for real life. Because when you watch these movies, you see these big speeches, and everything always works out in the end. Mm-hmm. In real life, somebody gives you a big speech, and it typically goes to shit. Yeah. 
Typically. Typically, and it did happen. Well, you know, it's not... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it did happen in here. Um, but yeah, that was actually a real-life speech. Um, and it was, like I said, a great fucking speech in the fucking game. Um, but um, as we go through, uh, after that speech, again, he uh, Tony did start Cap, Dennis Quaid. And... Throughout the movie, you see, again, Willie Beeman, the egotistical Willie Beeman. Um, throughout that speech, you saw him sort of changing throughout the whole speech, looking, understanding what the coach was saying. And, um, you know, especially with the part where, you know, look, 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 look at the guy beside you. He's willing to do this. He's willing to do that. And uh, you see a light go on in Beeman in Jamie Foxx, kind of. Uh, he understands. And throughout this game, as he's starting Cap, um, Beeman is very involved, watching, listening to what Tony is saying to him, and uh, more involved than he's ever been. And it's showing that throughout this. It also shows Christina, the uh, team owner, talking to, and this is where Charlton Heston comes in. He's like the, uh, one of the head muckety mucks in here. And, um, I guess I could play a little of this. We're, we're almost done anyway. There's only really one more scene I want to play, which is the end scene, but, uh, we can play a little bit of this, so. It's great, by the way. She loves Dallas. Marcus. Uh, she's a good woman. Mm. And, uh, your boss? Oh, I'm about an 11 from the Whites. Not think bad. you're ready for me? Don't think I'm in your class, Christina. As Christina's talking to, I want to pause here. As Christina's talking to Charlton Heston, um, Cap Rooney goes in for a touchdown by himself and uh, sort of gets spun around, hits the ground hard, gets up. And this is where, again, he looks into the crowd and he's seeing ghosts. Yeah. Literally. He's seeing ghosts in the crowd. But this is the first time Lauren Hawley looks down and sees his... Basically, you can see that she sees what he... Almost what she's seeing, what he's seeing. But uh, she sees that he's hurt. You know, that it might be time. Um, so, you know, she's just got this look in her eyes. And she understands what's going on at this point. Um... But this is also where uh, Charlton Heston gets up, and uh, I'll finish this scene off real quick. Here we go. Thank you. Well, I don't want to keep bothering you about this. Um, Christina, the owners would like you to come up to New York for a meeting. Oh, about what? Well, there's a concern that's been voiced about some moves that were made on your behalf for another Los Angeles franchise. Rules have been broken. 
We've heard. Who? I, who said this? Who's been. Would Wednesday this week be too soon? No. I'll be fine. Good. The best of luck to you uh, today, then. I honestly believe that woman would eat her young. What the fuck just happened? There you go. So she got caught, and uh, she's got to go up to uh, to New York to see what's going on. Um, and again, little uh, weird. We've mentioned wrestling so much. New York. Remember, people used to go to New York for wrestling. New York yeah. is where WWE used to be the headquarters. Got to go to New York. Um, yeah. Just a weird thing. But uh, yeah, yeah. up north, yeah, I used to love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And again, um, you know, th- th- they're showing Cap. <clears throat> he's playing. Um, but again, he's you know, you you can see Cap fading in this game, and that's that's something that's going to come up in just a f- couple minutes here. Uh, Tony actually basically tells Cap he's not in the game anymore and goes to Willie. This is where Chris, uh, Christina walks down. And, um, well, I said I only wanted to play one scene, but I'm lying. I probably should play this argument, shouldn't I? You should. All right, here we go. What do you think you're doing? Cap? Is finished. I don't give a shit if Willie is out there changing the place. You let your ego get in the way of this team, and you are going to lose the game. Uh, Miss Pagnacci, uh, I'm sorry, but Coach D already told me I was going in. So there you go. All her yelling and screaming really meant nothing. Um, Willie was already set to go in the game, but she went down there anyway and screamed and yelled at Tony and this and that. And again, we hear, I don't give a shit if he's changing the plays, this and that. It's all about the fucking fans and the money to these fucking owners and co and uh, and people. And again, not the coaches, not the players, but the owners, the people that are worried about the money. Um, but again, you know, Willie's sort of changed in um, in the locker room. But again, he goes out there, and the players are still just not playing for him. Um, so that brings us to the little point where Willie, when he's in the huddle, decides to uh, give a little bit to the players and talk to them a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and roll this. Wait, where's the coach I used to know and love? If Franco bites. The rich boy got the bag and he rich. The poor boy got the bag and he cold. The bad boy got the bag and he's cold. Okay, we need to get to this part real quick. This is the part where uh, 
One of the players, and I'm not really sure why this part was in the movie. One of the players loses an eye <laughs> in this scene. I'm not a hundred percent sure why this part was even in the movie, just or maybe just to show the violence of football. But uh, one of the players loses an eye in this movie. Um, you know, they're showing it, and you know, you hear Oliver Stone. Uh, looks like he uh, has some oh, eye damage, and it was just random. Just oh look, a guy lost a fucking eye. What the fuck? But. You know, Willie is trying his hardest to play here and, you know, do his best listening to the coach, even listening to Cap. But uh, this is him in the huddle, and I'll go ahead and play this uh, scene in the huddle here. Strong left, zig, 90 gun, on three. Look, I'm serious. Yeah. It's Coach D's call. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, sorry about getting a big head back there. It wasn't me. It was a devil. Red 666. <laughs> so suddenly they all forget about everything, suddenly. And, uh, you know, Willie's out there and he's playing his ass off finally. He's listening to Cap in his ear, um, doing what he's told, being the quarterback that they've, uh, they've always wanted, basically. Um, Everyone, you know, getting along, this and that. Um, but uh, just Willie's out there playing a hell of a fucking game. They're winning at this point. Uh, but we go to... Um, this is where Shark gets knocked out. Uh, goes to make a stop in a play. And um, Shark gets knocked out. And, of course, you know, they're more worried about him. They all run in there, and uh, he does eventually wake up. And the only question Shark has is, did we stop him? <laughs> After he gets knocked the fuck out in this. You think Chris Tucker would have had, would have said that if he was in this movie? <laughs> I mean, he was rumored. I mean, he, uh, he was almost in it. You think he would have had to say that? Oh, at least once? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Shark got knocked the fuck out and uh, finally wakes up. But also he made his bonus, and that was the big part in this scene. Uh, you know, even tells the guys, don't drop me. I'm worth a million dollars. And uh, I guess that was the, 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 you know, the main part in this scene. But Shark is okay. Um, that's really the what they infer from the movie. But... Willie's out there and still just playing and playing. And again, they are winning this fucking game. Um, uh, actually, they're not. They're down by four points at this point. I, I lied. I lied. But again, Willie is listening. Listening to his coaches and uh, doing everything that he um, that he can do to try to win this game. Now he's got the players playing for him. And uh, even Tony is sort of feeling his oats here, getting a little uh, little risky here and there. And they get down to four seconds. And that's where um, the last four seconds of the game are probably the most some of the most important parts of the movie. Now, before we get to that, there's somebody, 
And, you know, this show always gives a little credit to uh, people who, uh, some underrated actors. Alan Gaff is the referee here that um, Andrew, what, what was his name? Big dude. Vladimir mm-hmm. pushes. Um, Alan Graff. He's, you know, the ref in this scene. And he's a ref in more of scenes. But uh, this guy... You want to talk about a man's man. This man has 146 credits under his belt. Most of them are stunt. Either stunt coordinator, or stunt driver, or stunt man. Yeah. So this guy deserves a little fucking credit. Um, this is one of the only movies he has an actual part in. Instead of just being a stunt man, but I mean movies that you wouldn't even real. I mean he's been oh, here. Let me go through a few movies here that, uh, and I'm going back to 1970 76. This man, he uh, okay. Let's let, let's start 1978. He was in some Incredible Hulk, the original series. Um... We go up to 1982, Star Trek, stunts. Uh, the A-Team, he did stunts. DC Cab, Knight Rider, Back to School, Over the Top, Dragnet, Robocop, Action Jackson, Red Heat. Uh, let's keep going. K-9, the G, uh, Total Recall, Roadhouse. Uh, let's keep going. Trespass, the program, uh, Broken Arrow, and I'm just going through movies that we all know here. The Replacement Killers, Vegas Vacation, Jerry Maguire. He did stunts for uh, the Replacements, football movie, stunt coordinator, A Knight's Tale, stunts coordinator. You see where I'm going here? Yeah. Yeah, and I- I'm only at 2001. I could keep mm-hmm. going from here. Uh, SWAT, uh, the, the the new Knight Rider series they brought him in on. Criminal Minds, he's done stunts for. Stunts, 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 stunts. Stunt coordinator for Metro. Um, it, it just keeps going and going and going. All the way up to 2017, where he's still doing stunts for NCIS Los Angeles. Uh, Shooter, the TV show that I fucking love. He's doing stunts for them. Uh, The guy is absolutely needs a little bit of fucking credit for something he's done. Um, Just fucking incredible, this guy. But actually has a role in this movie as the referee. (laughs) But talk about a man's man, you know? So, I I did, again, just wanted to mention him for being fucking, you know, in this movie and the the hell of a stuntman he is. Um, But, you know, we go through and, uh, you know, they're going, they're going, they're going. Uh, Cameron Diaz gets into a little conversation with her mom, which is, again, another little drunken conversation but um you know and i do have to bring up willie beeman's mother is at this game which is obviously a big deal you know sundays are for church 
but uh, <laughs> they do end up winning the game. And um, again, Willie and Tony sort of connected finally. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll play this scene here, and then I'll play the last scene, and we'll be done. Nice night. Can't get over Cap. I learned more watching him in the first half than I did in five seasons. Next week, I'm going to win it just for him. Well, glad to see success hasn't gone to your head too much, kid. Oh, me? Steaming, beaming? Nah. It's your moment, Willie. Savor it. I'll never forget, on any given Sunday, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. Can you win or lose like a man? I got it, coach. Yeah. Next year, I'm out of here. I figured. Yeah. I'm not the right guy for this team say all that. Oh, there was this great quarterback in the 70s I knew. This guy was one tough son of a bitch. He fought for every inch he ever got. I mean, he didn't have your natural skills, this guy, but he could make it happen. He could win, but the game passed him by. Anyway, I ran into this guy a few weeks ago in L.A., and we had a few beers. Start talking. You know what he told me? Yeah. He said when he looked back, he didn't really miss the Pantheon Cups or the girls or even the glory. You know what he missed? What he missed were those other guys looking back at him and all. Those 11 guys, every one of them seeing things the same way. All looking downfield together. That's what he missed. I'm gonna miss you, amigo. Yeah. There you go. One more great speech by uh, Pacino. And, uh, you know, Willie goes back to tell him, you know, hey, coach, my arm's been hurting and blah, blah, and he's gone. He is gone. Now... One of the stranger parts about this movie is one of the best parts of this movie is the credits. <laughs> the credits in this movie are probably the most impactful parts of this movie. It 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 doesn't give you the usual roll credits, show pictures, and uh, tell you where the uh, people went. The credits actually, as they're rolling, um, Tony and everyone gives the final sort of speech, and it shows where Tony went and where Willie went and how the shit ended up. So, uh, final scene... Let's do this.
Real quick, you heard the San Francisco. It's brought up more times in the movie, and I want to mention why it's brought up and why they mention that the team loses to San Francisco. Oliver Stone is a huge San Francisco fan. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And one of the reasons he brings up that the Sharks lost to them is that reason. He he did want to kind of put over his 49ers. Um, Now, one thing in this movie I do want to mention just as a last little uh, did you know trivia thing. Um, If you know, we've mentioned before the NFL didn't give any cooperation. That's one of the reasons why Oliver Stone made the this league he set up to be so successful that the guys were making so much money. And this and that, because he wanted to seem more successful than the NFL could be, is what he was doing. It was sort of a a shot at the NFL, is what it was. So, just to round it out, I wanted to bring that up. It was something I kind of forgot to bring up. But that's why he made these guys seem so successful, that they're making so much money and that they could do anything they wanted to do once they were making the money. So that's the reason. And uh, on that note, let's finish this movie off. And I want to live up to what it is my father left me. A legacy. A feeling of a bond with this town. A feeling that this is our house. The Pagliacci House. great confidence that in the final hour, our mayor will be there for us. And Tony, know this, wherever you go, you will always be loved and greatly respected. Thanks for helping me understand again what I had forgotten. Tony D. way too long not to win a big one. San Francisco sure took care of that for us, didn't it? See? Um, in football, as in life, things change. So, I guess it's time for me to get the hell out of the way, bring in the new I like Nick Crozier. I think he's going to do a great job. But most of all, I want to thank 
the people of Miami for their support over the last 20 some odd years. Gee, it just flew by. It's really meant a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. It meant everything to me. I've had a great, great ride, believe me. And, uh, and I'm going to miss you. He's an arrogant son of a victim. But uh, in thinking about change, I don't know, I felt uh, maybe it was time for me to make a change. To and it was Willie Beeman taught me how to give it another shot. So, uh, starting today, I'm going to take over as head coach for that new expansion team in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the Astros. Why? Why do you say? Because they're giving me full management control, but hoping not to make a complete fool of myself out there. I just signed Willie Beeman as my starting quarterback and franchise player for the Aztecs. So, uh, so, Miss P, I'm looking forward to seeing you next season across those sidelines. So long. Au revoir. See you when the clouds come home. Especially you, baby. Smoking cigars on me now. There you go. So he signs with a new team and he takes Willie Beeman with him. Um pretty fucking cool. Like I said, it's 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 not the usual, you know, usually sometimes at the end of the movie you'll see where they they have in text, you know, this is what happens to the characters. Pretty cool how uh this movie sort of used that last press conference as uh as the way to sort of wrap up the movie and tell you where the characters went without having it in text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always liked that. I always liked that about this movie, but I don't know, man. Um, this movie is probably, this may be one of the greatest football movies. Oh yeah. It's definitely my favorite, you know, like up there, you know, that and the replacements are yeah, probably my top two, you know? Yeah. And we'll definitely get to that one one night, mm -hmm. but, um, and you know, we've pretty much mentioned all the, uh, trivia as we went. So, um, I don't know, man, but I mean, as far as this movie goes, just fucking incredible. The cast of this movie was, you know, for 1999, this was, like I said in the beginning, everybody who was anybody in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, LL Cool J, as far as, you know, all those guys, all those guys were just incredible in the 90s, so. I mean, the movie covered every aspect on and off the field, so, you know. Mm -hmm. It did, it did. It, it really covered a lot. And like I said, I mean, Oliver Stone created a whole little fucking little world for this movie. It was just amazing the way it was but this movie had Oliver Stone's signature all over it all over it with you know him being in it and the cut scenes he's you know known for the cut scenes but this movie was just cut scene after cut scene after cut scene after cut scene and it made the movie what it was just an incredible movie about football and the the 
the ins and outs and the uh, some of the really shitty things that go on behind the scenes. Yeah, the one of those cutscenes that sticks my mind is it seems like they've seen the Grim Reaper in the uh, stands mm. when when you see the lights kind of go flickering and you know everything else. He's like that hooded figure. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. I mean you know it shows a lot of those scenes where it's just you know the the ghosts in the stands, the older mm-hmm. guys, and you know it's 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 just a a, a well. And, I, you know, in look, it's it really is just a football movie, but when you break this movie down, it's really, it's, it's a, a well-produced, well-put-together football movie. And the way Oliver Stone places and edits and cuts these movies... Just made it even fucking better with all the scenes from Ben Hur and all the, you know, the, the, just the way he does all these scenes just made it even better. You know, yeah, I, Charles Nelson, he was in the THT movie review for uh, Tombstone, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh, we haven't done Tombstone yet. Not yet. Oh, no, oh we have. To. We will. We will. <laughs> yeah. um, and look, I know this was a long show, but I got to tell you, I think this movie deserves. Uh, you know the long show, the as many clips as we played. This movie deserved it. Oh yeah, this movie deserved it. I mean, so many impactful scenes in the movie that yeah, you just can't go without playing the fucking scenes. You know, so Anthony is not I'm here. Sure he's out. I, I think he. I think he might have walked away. But um, yeah, man, grossed a hundred million. So yeah, it definitely was worth. Yeah, <laughs> this movie definitely. The box office for this movie was amazing. I mean, the first week, I believe it did what thirty. Let me see here. No, opening weekend it did thirteen million profit. So mm-hmm. you know that's that's fucking good, man. Thirteen fucking million. As of March of 2000, they had this movie grossing $75 million. And that, yeah, I mean, Wiki, Wiki has $100 million. I guess that's with DVD sales, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just, and this was, uh, <clears throat> Wiki's probably counting uh, UK and Germany. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, this movie did excellent box office. Excellent. And, I'm sure the fucking DVD sales are fucking out of this fucking world, man. So, all right. I guess on that note, we're going to wrap this motherfucker up. Yeah. Yeah. Weebs, appreciate you joining us, man. Oh, thank you. No, not a problem, man. And uh, on that note, you guys can catch us uh, next Saturday, 1130 p.m. Eastern Time. We will be right here at Mixer.com slash THT Podcast. Don't forget, me and Shaheen will be right here on the same channel on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. And don't forget to catch Shaheen and J-Cat Morris. They'll be on this channel, too. And uh, that's it. On that note, I appreciate everybody listening. And uh, there you go. See y'all next week on THT Movie Review. And on that note... Go home and get your fucking shine box.